Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to a bonus episode of High and Mighty. I don't know why I say welcome back, because you are welcoming two for the first time. Who gives a shit? It's that time of the year. We do our little quarterly Action Boys releases over here on High and Mighty, just to give you, the shitheads, a little free taste of the kind of stuff that's happening behind the paywall over on actionboys.biz. That's with two Zs, the Z in boys and the Z in biz. One each. Uh, patreon.com slash action boys whatever ha 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 there you go you got it it's all figured out what, what is we uh talk about action movies for longer than the run times of the action movies and luckily for you we are about you are about we i guess i'm not listening but you are you're about to listen to uh the high and mighty uh presents the Action Boys episode where we break down the 1998 John Frankenheimer film, Ronin. Highly recommend you check out the movie, but you don't have to watch it to listen to the podcast. Uh, so do yourself a favor, check it out. Uh, and then sign up at actionboys.biz. It's $5 a month and you get literally like 12 plus hours of recording. The the uh minutes per sense is like through the roof i don't know if that's a good thing but the value is tight so enough bullshit for me without further ado we'll play you a little action boys trailer followed by ronin in a part of the world where there are no rules holy shit holy shit guys holy i'm so pumped. i definitely have not watched this since i rented it on vhs in 92 strangers united by the threat of death we got all the fucking major players seagal vladimir putin is a good man arnold here come give it to me i need you to cream pie me now stallone people are loving this movie it's actually it's got a lot of heart immensely irregular <laughs> they were trying to clean up their acts did porn ruin movies it ruined a lot of because it. definitely ruined me <laughs> Owner of a penis pump. Now, 
Somewhere, somehow, body blow, body blow, body blow. someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. <laughs> see, you found my trophy room. Only thing it needs is your ass. <laughs> you do a good Ben Gazzaro, by <laughs> the way. Great. 2019, we're still talking about Hugh Herman jerking off. <laughs> because he's in Batman Returns for a split second. <laughs> if they don't kill each other first. Fuck you, you fucking elitist prick. Stanger, shut your fucking phone. Off, man. Knock it off, man. Knock yeah. it off. Knock it off. Turn this fucking podcast right, around. Man. Sorry. Sorry for caring, dude. I know it's cool to not care. Why are so you guys sorry. Need to stay or he cares, and I think you should give him a hug and a kiss. <laughs> just just tuck him in. If these guys can just stand each other, the bad guys don't stand a chance. I did a movie <laughs> with him. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking lunatic. Blackout drunk. None of these guys' legacy is safe with me. I'll fucking dish on anybody. The stakes are high. There's only a couple days until Trump announces a fucking deal for Cyberdyne. We're going to be making Terminators. We've got the biggest Ed 209s. We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. But they didn't count on one thing. But Gorgon. Oh, this movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it what out. What even is this movie? Oh, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. You know my feelings on CGI. This is some guy with a highlighter <laughs> right on, the film. on directly on yeah. the film. I think it looks great. Why isn't this technique still employed? For me, it goes four, one, three, and two. I'm not positive where I they love fall. One. And then I one love is one. so good. One I love so one. Good. One is objectively a good yes, movie. Yeah. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. Well, I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll show you what a real man is when you come to my apartment. Try not to wake up my roommate. <laughs> He works at night, so we sleep all day. I've been in a room, There's a new game in town. I'm gonna be fucking brutal, man. You might want to handle that fleshlight with gate gloves. Alfred, I think I need another bulletproof coffee. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it! Do it! Come on! Do it now! Now, I put socks on. Because I think doing this with bare feet is fucking not smart. It's not like... I'm going to slip. I've seen the video. It's fine, but I think you can't. They have to be socks only for here. You're you fucking rolling in off the street and then just jumping right in the barrels. They are. That's they're only that's for here, but I wear them all day. I got uh, other well, shit to do. Not, I, I'm going to the gym not. after this. Yeah, but then it's, they're not only for here. Then if you're wearing them to the gym, dude, <laughs> that's like the definition of not for here. Then, man. Yeah. No, but I wore them for here. I'm doing yeah, other they, stuff. You can only wear them here. At, well, that's we don't even want you wearing socks. I don't know why we're pushing so hard to fucking see your feet stomping the grapes, right, but yeah, yeah man. socks feel I'm weird. Actually, I'm worried. There's like I got a question about that too. You guys keep okay. pushing so hard to see my feet stomp the grapes. You put in this glass bottom fucking barrel, and you guys both lay below it and want to see my feet 
smashing the grapes. Dude, it's I just want to make sure the grapes are getting all the way smashed, and I want to see your bare tootsies doing it. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about – I'm not even going to get into it, but the vineyard is tanking. Yeah. No one's drinking – we thought that orange wine was the future. Stupid. Got all, we fucking got all these orange grapes. It's fucking stupid. We went, <laughs> it ended up being a total boondoggle, orange wine. I don't know. I mean, I, Well, seemed... I think I still think it's a good idea. I think we just got to get... We haven't done a cold open about it yet. I mean, who knows when it'll get released. This is like, I don't know, fucking years in the making. But like grapes... Yeah. We're recording this 2009 at, at Big Sur. We rented a house and we're doing like a bunch of cold opens for a possible mm. podcast. Banging them out, bunch of po- bunch of possibles, banging them out. Oh, nine. What a hell of a year. People have been drinking grape wine for who knows? Millennia. <laughs> who knows? And it's only, ma- I mean, let's do, let's move on to other fruits. Okay. Everybody yeah. loves orange juice. People are going to love orange wine. Yeah. We just gotta get the I, fucking word and out I there. Still, I wish we went with my original name of Clemen Wine. Uh but no one you got that you name guys said it was sweaty. It's it's sweaty, it sucks dick. <clears throat> and Clement I mean, are Clementines oranges? They're not. So that's they're a hot confusing. dog a sandwich. They're not even a citrus <laughs> varietal. But is a hot dog a sandwich, guys? Yeah, you should. We should. Why are we driving a parkway and park in a driveway? Have you guys seen Avatar yet? <laughs> Welcome to Action Boys. Holy, holy fucking shit. Is this the most recent movie we've done in non-fucking the modern March experiment? This is 98. I feel like we've done something else close, to, very close to 98, if not that. But I, I, I'm not going to be able to pull it. So We did Eraser. <laughs> not very valuable. We did which one Eraser, was? Eraser was 1997. Eraser. That was probably the closest then. This might be the newest movie we've done. I, it's awesome because it feels like such a '70s movie that, like, even watching it now, I'm like, this doesn't feel like this came out in '98 at all. What kind of history do you guys have with this? Uh, I- interesting. I minored in it. <laughs> uh, Shit, interesting you in the because se- you majored in video game stuff, right? I majored in video game stuff. It's weird. I majored in samurai, uh, like the art of samurai, and then minored in the film Ronin. So it's a little confusing when I tell people I have to kind of do the parentheticals and shit, but it makes sense. I got my graduate degree in Ronin, uh, but I majored in pussy. (laughs) Nice, dude. (laughs) Because I got so much of pussy, dude. Right. Uh, yeah, I heard you studied abroad. I heard you studied a couple of broads. All right. I double majored in that. Because I, I did AP in high school, and a game, oh, like shit. I was kind of ahead of the game. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. You did ass play in high school, so <laughs> college major in pussy was no big deal. Yeah, I loved AP. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I took a couple IB classes too. God. Oh no, dude! I got the fucking. I got it. I'm not oh, gonna be able to hold be, it together tonight. This is gonna be a long one, man. Jesus, this is gonna Christ. be a long one. Okay, so Ronan, for me, I saw it, and I saw it in high school, and I remember being excited to the movie for the movie coming off of Heat and kind of this uh, this De Niro heist serious action offering. Uh, but I remember being bored by it when I saw it in the theaters and thinking like, oh. A lot. It was also the first time I saw like an Audi or thought an Audi was cool. I was like, "What's?" I what think e-? that was true for a lot of us. Yeah, I was like, I think what? the I think the Audi popped in this movie. What even yeah. is an Audi? And so uh, <laughs> I saw that, but I remember being disappointed by it, and then discovering it later and and liking it for obvious reasons. But I, but my uh, initial viewing kind of was it, like, "Ah, this is a bit, bit of a bore." For me, it was one of the first movies where I was like, "Oh, some people are fucking wrong about shit." Because I went with my family. I had family visiting, and they were kind of driving my brother and I nuts. Like, they kind of stay overstayed their welcome a little bit, um, and they just, like, wouldn't leave. And we just felt stuck with these people in our house. And uh, finally, we convinced everybody to go see a movie to just, like, do anything. So we go all go see Ronan. My brother and I are both like, holy shit, that was fucking awesome awesome that movie ruled and then my one aunt's like i don't know what that was what even happened in that movie <laughs> what even is and this i'm a movie, movie bob <laughs> i'm a movie aunt <laughs> yeah, yeah unfortunately it, it, like, i miss i missed the mark on it and was i just was I, for some reason i had something else in my mind and and I I certainly no, I, I acknowledge I missed the mark on it though because I, I think you're I think you're right Stanger I was kind of like bored by it too like because not not a lot happens for like forty minutes in the beginning of this movie but now I'm like give me all the fucking De Niro pipe you fucking can I Same. love him just being the smartest guy in the room and I revisited this like after college when people were like talking about movies that had great car chases I was like. Oh, yeah, Ronan had a cool car chase. I don't remember the movie that much, and I put it back on, and I was into it in a completely yeah. different way than when I first saw it in the theater. I was fully on board, and I, one of the big scenes that I, I talked about as soon as I left was De Niro using the parking brake in the chase. Yeah. I was always like, yeah. this movie fucking rules. Even just his look in the car just was fucking just like, I'm going to do it for you guys. It, back as far back into his chair as possible with his arms forward. Like, like it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Cause he, she's doing a cool face in it and he looks like he's really driving. Like he looks nervous and it's great. <laughs> like it works, you know, he's such a good fucking, he's so minimal and it, it just makes him great. And you, you can watch him do anything. He's just being cool for most of this movie and it f- and being smarter than everyone around him and I am I I, w- I would I wish the movie was 4 hours. The, the uh Ben the scene for me that turned that I was talking about after I the second time I watched it and I was so into it was him uh sliding the coffee off 
yeah. and getting uh fucking uh what's his face uh to snag to, uh, Skarsgård to snatch it. Yeah. And when he and when he snatches like quick reflexes, I'm like, that is so fuck. In hindsight, that's just so fucking cool. It's it, the cast I love shit like is that. much stronger than I remembered as a kid. That for sure. Um, Sarsgaard kind of hadn't fully made a name for himself in this country uh, to, to in my memory. Um, and I get why like my aunt didn't get like understand it, thought it was boring or was confused. It's because they don't spoon feed you a lot of stuff. They let you kind of figure it out. And then also the plot is fully secondary. It's not yeah. a plot driven movie at all. And it to the point where it's like they're having fun with it. It's all just like, whatever, we got to get this thing. You're never going to find out what it is. You don't really know who's working for who. And there's a little bit of a reveal at the end. But otherwise, it kind of reminds me of those. Um, have you guys ever read the Richard Stark Parker books? I have. Uh, a no. lot of stuff has been kind of crypt from it. But it's more or less. Is that, did I see, uh, did they make that into a movie with Statham? Uh, maybe. It's a lot of like. Movies like Payback and um, Statham made a movie with J-Lo called Parker in 2013. I don't know if I saw it and I don't know if it's based on these actual books either, but I would I would imagine it is. I never saw it. The the hidden Statham library of movies. You look at like his IMDb and he's headlined 48 (laughs) movies. You're like, what the fuck? What What was that? When? (laughs) Wait, wait, what? I remember the transporter and... (laughs) I remember like Transporter, one of the Guy Ritchie ones, and then like, then it was Hobbs and Shaw, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm thinking of Point Blank, the Lee Marvin movie, where it's oh, like yeah, yeah. just a fucking dude who wants his money and he can only do this one fucking thing. He's only like a badass dude. Um, and yeah. most of that movie, most of this movie, you think, oh, De Niro's just this fucking machine. Right. And he's and even the title Ronin, it all fucking works for me. All the weird shit with fucking Michael Lonsdale, I'm like all for it. All his weird forty seven That's That's Day of the Jackal guy, right? Yeah, that's he's in the Day French of the Jackal. cop from Day of the He's oh, also in man. Moonraker. I was so I'm so glad Yeah, I'm not a big I'm not as caught up on fucking Bond, but when you uh, I watched Day of the Jackal based off your reco, Ben, and I was so fucking hyped to see him in this movie. He's like, great. I watched Day of the Jackal uh, two days before I watched this. It's movie, a good companion piece for J- Day of the Jackal, and also it, it I love, that's what made me. Let's go ahead. I love that. So, sorry, sorry, Frankenheimer directed this, and it, it's yeah. it's such a satisfying story because here's this guy. He's what a weird career. He's had. He kind of peaked in the '60s, and he's got like a a good work ethic he gets it done he's from another generation where you just it's a fucking job and you do your director job then for people that aren't movie buffs to put it in perspective he directed the original manchurian candidate like in 62 and he's doing this fucking movie in 98 just to give you an idea this movie came out after the reboot of a movie he directed (laughs) (laughs) uh what no the the manchurian candidate reboot was probably like 2004 Something like that. Oh, okay. But the um, but still, I mean, it's this crazy long career. He probably died. I, I think he died in the early two thousands, maybe even right before that Thank reboot came out. But the good his 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the the. We've probably talked about it, but the documentary f- about the making of the Island of Doctor Moreau. He, uh, yeah, that's on got, my list. He got thrown on that, and everybody hated him yeah, he, and totally disrespected him. So he makes this fucking disaster. He's kind of like a joke, but he still got a fucking good movie in him. And so he comes out and he does this shit and it fucking rules. Yeah. This movie fucking owns. And because I watched Day of the Jackal uh, leading up to it, it really pointed for me. And I don't have any interesting criticism, like interesting point of view other than this movie felt like such a cool 70s movie. It's like international. It's got fucking uh, old people in it. The cart, like nothing's flashy about this movie. And everyone is fucking like. I also like the color uh, scheme. it's so miserable. It's like uh, not miserable, but it's like so muted and it makes it so fucking like cool. It's um, it's like a lot of Melville movies that I like where it's a lot of like pale greens and mm-hmm. pale blues. And uh, th- there's a, a couple like when they're inside one of the safe houses that they go to. I'm like, oh, I fucking love all the movies that they're even going for. Yeah. And it's unlike. Mission Impossible or something like that, where there's an air of um, kind of comic booky bullshitness to it. Tongue in cheek, little little cheekiness. Yeah, this doesn't have any of that. It's like, nah. oh, De Niro does seem like a real fucking world weary guy. He's just really, really good at his yeah, job. Yeah, like a fucking relic of the Cold War. There's a couple things I I that jumped out at me watching this. So. Uh, it's impossible not to compare it to Heat, even though they're much different movies, much, much different, different vibe. I think it's definitely possible feel. to compare. <laughs> not <laughs> It's imp- What's that? It's impossible fucking way, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how double negatives work, but whatever, rewind that in whatever way to say it that makes sense in like, put that in your mind. But uh, it like... Uh, he it's it's amazing because it's three years. I would say he's very sexy in Heat. He's not sexy in this, and they have cut. Ca- they kind of have a May November romance with the uh, with the with the Irish chick, and it doesn't it doesn't. I don't know if I buy it necessarily. It's the one thing in the movie I, I like that it's in there. I don't buy it, and it's like you can already start to feel De Niro being a little bit older in this. But I would argue that it works given what he is in the movie and where he comes from. It's like you, I agree. I, I agree. You I that he's I bought it because like he's got that great scene where he alphas everybody. Also, the casting. I, see, I still think he looks pretty good. I, I was like, see, the thing that pisses me off about De Niro movies now is that I'm like, fuck, man, De Niro is definitely. There's no way I will be age as well as this fucking guy. And that makes me like, I'm like, damn, he's a fucking pretty good looking 50 year old guy. And they put the cast around him all looks pretty schlubby, like in comparison, even Sean I'm Yes. The point that I'm making is that I feel like he is more sexualized in heat than he is in this. Well, that's, I think that's because his character, character he's a a criminal, he's a criminal in heat. And so there's a, there's a little bit of that danger about him. And really in this, he's playing that at the beginning, but in reality, he's a square, you know, like he's a, he's a government guy all the way through. And so I think it all works. And in in this, he's also a little, uh, you know, go ahead. 
I I think in this it's because he has dad energy. Like his character is like smarter than everyone and like come on, give me the answers. Let me talk to you cuz he's like a CIA guy, but I think in Heat it's because he's a bad boy. He can be sleazy cuz I I love him in this. I even find him I think he looks great, but I think he it's weird that he gets in with that girl that hard. But I think there's a lot of stuff in the movie that it feels like it's in the movie cuz it's in other movies. It's supposed to be in this movie. I think they did a pretty solid job setting up. I, I didn't, I bought the relationship because, you know, in Heat, De Niro's a flamingo. You know, he's he's fucking peacocking. He he yeah. he fucking wears really nice suits and he's really well groomed. In this, he stands on one leg. He eats shrimp out of the water around his foot and stuff. In this, like a he's, flamingo. Uh, he's trying to uh, blend in, you know? And then also, I yeah. think they did a good job of like, okay, we got to make out because the cops are going by. And then she's like, you know what? I fucking like that. Oh, I thought it was yeah. super sexy. And like, she kind of is like flushed in it. it. It was very sexy and very surprising. And it also, you know, she's gaming him it, a little bit. Ruled, I mean, yeah. I get, it ultimately all kind of worked. I just didn't, I wasn't like, Oh, these fuckers are, they have like incredible chemistry together. I, you know, I don't know. I just, the, the, it was interesting. Uh, he's, he's not as sexualized in this. I don't know if, if, if Frankenheimer shoots him as well as man does, but it makes sense. For me, it makes sense for the story. Uh, Frankenheimer has a good sense for set pieces. And, you know, Manchurian Candidate definitely kind of set a bar in the 60s for, you know, when the assassination is going to take place, it's a pretty pretty thrilling scene. And this, he kind of uses a couple... I would love to put a list together of action set pieces set to opera, uh, orchestras, plays. It's like even the baptism in Godfather. I think it's one of those... There's this, if, if you're into comic books at all, there's this famous illustrator, his name's Wallace Wood. And he's known as putting together this list. It's called like Wood's 22 panels that always work. And when you look at it, you're, you, it, it kind of shows you the fucking how the oh, sausage yes, is yes, made. Oh, yes, yes, I know what bit, you're referring to. A I don't little know bit of the nuts name, and but... bolts. So you look at it and it's like, oh, wow, that does always work. It's like, you know, worm's eye view shots or like shadow on this or like silhouette of a gun. He breaks it all down in these different angles that you can use that always set a dramatic tone to your story. And I think you could say the same thing. Like if you made a cinematic equivalent where you're talking about set pieces, anything set to like a big fucking play or something. I mean, even fucking Shakespeare had the play within a play. It's like it adds another layer where people are in the background doing stuff and you have this action that looks good and it probably sets a mood with the music and the feeling of the show. Mission Impossible did it most recently. Um, Yeah, and it's kind of an homage to all the ones you're referencing, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, even figure skating could argue, you know what I mean? Like that's that why fits, I brought it up. Like, that's, it's like that's, that's, what he, that's what he's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Katarina right. Witt, too. I love her. I know. She's the she it's posed all- in Playboy. I was like fucking I was I couldn't believe it when I was a kid. I, <laughs> that's like the thing I know about her. I tracked it. That she was in Playboy is like the only other thing I know about her besides skating in this movie. What a scumbag um, I am, huh? 
<laughs> it's funny. I think the I think you're right, Rogers. The movie does a lot of stuff that is like thrilling in movies. That's why I said the reason De Niro and her get together and I buy it is because it would happen in a spy undercover action thriller. And it feels like, I mean, this movie even stumbles together in the third act where it's like deus ex machina. Everything is like, oh, figure skating uh, box. <laughs> you know, like it all just like stumbles down and you don't mind at all. I love it. It's I not feel about like it's plot. Frankenheimer just being like, this is my last hurrah. I got one more movie in it. I'm going to bust out all the tricks I've learned. And even there's, it's like, whose fucking movie even is this? It's, it's, you know, there's so many characters and in a way, the fact that De Niro doesn't have a country for most of the movie, it's like, well, normally you wouldn't follow this character. Normally you wouldn't follow the two goons. This is like, let's use Hudson Hawk as a fucking example of a movie that's a mess and that's going Finally. for a feeling that this one is. It's like if Hudson Hawk was just about Frank Stallone is what Ronan is. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. There's so many machinations happening above this crew, unbeknownst to them, and we're following like we're following the guy on the ground floor. We're like following the linebackers coach yeah. at Hard Knocks. You would normally uh, and, and follow the, hard like, <laughs> the person with the most probably nationalistic interest in it of the fucking James Bond character trying to stop, you know, whatever fucking evil like terrorist group is trying to steal his box. Or even it would make sense to follow the Irish who need it or even fucking this ex KGB guy, Gregor. You know, yeah. th- at times yeah. he seems He's like got a lot going character. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then who uh, even the Gene Reno seems like Vincent. Gene Reno. <laughs> yeah. It's Gene Reno. Uh I oh, uh, that makes more sense. Two things. Uh following the linebacker coach, as long as it's that guy that I was think doing John. coke on film. <laughs> it's Gene <Is> Reno. <laughs> uh, that's um and he was the the Secretary of Defense for a little while, right? Or the uh the yeah. the Surgeon General. Yeah, and then it was dirt in the early 2000s. That's why they made the documentary Reno 911 about him, about <laughs> uh, about his his participation in the 911 attacks. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daryl Hammond did a great impression of him. Uh, I, uh, what was that? What was that coach's name that's doing the the coke? Did you guys ever see that? Uh, dude, no. I'm doing some fucking coke for you right now. So fu- I'm at, I'm about to go to a fucking meeting. Did you ever see that NFL coach that they have video? He had some no. he had some like uh chick that he was dating and he sent her a video of him doing coke before going into <laughs> some meeting and then she just posted it online. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you guys. The guys like, "Oh, look, you're so fucking hot. I'm you're making me crazy. I'm doing coke right now." And he snorts a bunch of coke. And it was a, like he was in got fired as an NFL coach. Oh, and then what I wanted to say about McGuffin the McGuffin aspect, very effective use of the MacGuffin device because I was fine with never knowing what was in the briefcase. You know, you, you want to know it is interesting. It does drive things, but then when it ends, you're not like, Oh, that's a bit of a cop out. You know, people will hide behind that. And I would argue mission impossible three, where they try to do the MacGuffin with the rabbit's paw fucking bothers me. But this one is great. I will. Yeah. I think it's because they bother me at all. Yeah. I think it's because they keep also talking about it too. Yeah, and saying don't worry about it, like yeah. like saying like don't you worry about what's in it is such a funny thing because it eventually just works on me where I'm like stop asking, just go along with the fucking heist, dude. Well, it's By cool way, too I because do, I, I want to do an action set piece 
set to um, guys doing like really hacky improv. <laughs> like a really like fucking a heist. hacky improv. Yeah. A really hacky improv show. A heist show at like a corporate event. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Like close ups on like people uh, like doing a fucking organic opening while other guys are like drilling into a safe downstairs. Two dudes fucking just sliding chairs around. <laughs> a lot of object work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had like a sniper uh, fixed on them, people would just pray that like the whoever would mess up so that they would just shoot the people. It's like, uh, I, who cares? No tension. Just just shoot the people on stage and put it's, us all out of our misery. Like, it's not Katarina Witt. It's a fucking middle ditch and Schwartz. Take the shot. <laughs> um, should we uh, should we spray paint this uh, ice skating box silver, Ben? Oh, yeah. Let's uh, spray paint the box. Let me spray the box. <laughs> spray down the box, brother. By your command. What, what the hell? Where is everybody? Action, boys. Where are you? A fourth window just popped up on our Zoom. How did you figure? How, this is a password fucking me. How'd you get in here? I, I did interdimensional tr- uh, transportation and ended up on this screen like Max Hedrum. <laughs> Whoa. Well, who made the uh, movie, man? <laughs> good, 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 good cool. question, Rogers. I'm Max Hedrum. I, I got the reference. I think me and Rogers are the only people old enough to get it. <laughs> That's for young kids. I know. A, I know a toddler that loves Max Hedrum. He had a birthday party for Max Hedrum style. Yeah, my nephew had a Spuds McKenzie themed bar mitzvah this year. I actually, yeah, I do think it is the most popular bar mitzvah theme. Right now, is Max? I heard, I heard at the height of his powers, uh, Spuds McKenzie got blown by a human chick. (laughs) At the height of his powers, a A human human chick chick. blew Spuds McKenzie. She was fucking nasty. A human chick. Do you call girls dog? Do you call girl dogs dog chicks or chick dogs? Uh, Yeah. Just to be clear, you know, otherwise people are confused. Look at that dog chick. And I call... uh, I've heard that story, too. It is real. It's not apocryphal. It's like, it actually happened. There are witnesses. She was fucking nasty, but still, like, for a dog to get blown by a human chick, it's it's pretty amazing. Well, because dogs just like to mate. Female dogs, chick dogs just like to mate. They don't like to get the person off. But humans like to get each other off. So the dog's like, whoa, this is transcending mating. I'm Somebody's trying to fucking get me off. What's happening? Well, all I got to say is, hey, Spuds, give me paw, brother. <laughs> He's long dead. I know, I know, I know. I'm at, a, I'm at his grave. You can't see, but I'm at his gravesite dropping oh, wow. flowers. <laughs> he committed suicide. You're at the wrong grave, dude, because I'm at his grave <laughs> also. Oh shit! I okay. I I see. <laughs> Never mind. Or maybe I'm, I'm definitely at the wrong, at the wrong grave. grave. 
No, no, no. I'm at the wrong grave. This family is very furious with me. I guess oh, his at, name was. You're at potatoes or Hurley graves. <laughs> yeah. I'm at an Irish funeral and they're not doing uh, social distancing. I got to get the fuck out of here. Anyway, I got I can't I got to get off this fucking thing. Well, I don't like being on this screen like m- 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 Max he- Headrum. <laughs> this was an MGM movie. Also, United Artists. Best. So we start with we start with a little Wait, I got to go. I got to go. I love you guys. Stay safe. Thanks, man. Social distance and stay safe. Hand to God. Love you, too. No concerts till 2031. Well, have you seen any of the 2031 shows? They good? Yeah, they're fucking awesome. (laughs) Fucking awesome. Music is the best it's ever been. Bye-bye, ringtone rap. I got to go. I love you guys. Stay safe. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, appreciate it. All right. Well, that was wild. That was weird. My screen cut out. Yeah, I had like a laughing skull happen on my screen, and then all of a sudden, and it was like, ha, ha, ha. And the next thing I know, Stangerbot's there. Oh, and then shit. when he leaves, I got like the radioactive symbol, and it was just like spinning around. I don't know how. the gra- It was eight like vector graphics to explain he hacked into my computer. I don't get it. Wow. Mozart's That's ghost. fucking scary when that shit happens. Totally. <laughs> it's super scary. <laughs> Scary that shit is scary as hell when that stuff happens. <laughs> like, I'll be on my things. computer, and then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> a face of, like, Harry Knowles will pop up, but it won't actually be his face. It'll just be, like, his chin going up and down, saying stuff to me. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, man, this is scary. Ah, ah, ah. Didn't say the magic word. A hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh right, I got Rotten Tomatoes and Ain't It Cool confused for a second there. <laughs> could have, could Harry Knowles have pulled off that uh, selling the embryos? Selling the oh, embryos? Oh yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to be like, "What are you talking about?" The embryos. It was a stupid question. Uh, Nidri couldn't quite do it, but could yeah. Harry Knowles have done could it? Harry. I mean, I heard a story about him that he used to like go to these, he'd go to these premieres and just like get so fucking hammered. He'd barf in like popcorn buckets and shit and then just leave them in the theater. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's fucked up. I can't believe Beyonce won't like fucking make him get out of the spotlight or whatever. He's fucking (laughs) like get your brother in check, dude. So in feudal He's just Japan, at Christmas every day with. Oh, sorry. Maybe we should start the movie. The warrior class of samurai were sworn to protect their liege lords with their lives. Those samurai who whose liege was killed suffered a great shame, and they were forced to wander the land looking for work as hired samurais or bandits. These masterless warriors were no longer referred to as samurai; they were known by another name. Such men were called Ronin. Then we cut to Paris, and we see De Niro walking down some steps. I like that this just throws you right into a confusing situation. You don't know what the fuck is going on. We see a blonde (laughs) get out of a van. She goes into the cafe. 
She puts on an apron. She's working there. Everybody's kind of fucking looking at each other. We see our boy Jean Renault walk in, the professional. We haven't seen him in a little while. Can't remember the last movie his we did. Um, but he pops up in things from time to time uh, in the Action Boys universe. This he yeah. uh, this is the first time he's brought his pig back. Yeah, I don't know I which know. cut you guys watched. <laughs> I got the pig cut. I got the pig cut Hello. too. Oi, 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 oi. I have someone we who will. can help you, Sam. I can't do this surgery, Sam, but I have someone who can. Wait here. Oink, oink, oink. Matilda. <laughs> All right, just cut. Okay, piggy. Just uh, cut a little bit. All right, pig, just make sure you get that bullet. Can you take the fucking pig thing off? Hey, you're talking to the pig. And Vincent, who's this fucking girl, man? We don't have a fucking booster seat we can put in the car. You can't, Get rid of this chick, dude. What is she, 10, 11? Get her the fuck out of here. So he walks in. He orders a beer. Everybody's eyeballing each other. De Niro is looming around outside. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? He goes back around to the back in like a back alley. And he uh, is pacing, waiting for people to go by. And then he plants a gun under a bin full of bottles. Then he goes inside the cafe and they tell him it's closed. He's, everybody's speaking French. It's another thing that I was really into when I first saw this movie is the use of subtitles in foreign languages and that they didn't fucking cheat it as much as they had been doing in the 90s. Of like, yeah. just everybody fucking speaks English everywhere. It, uh, this I mean, truly feels like an, well. but it truly feels like an international movie. You get, they, they, they shoot in, in Europe. There are people speak in a lot of different languages. If and they also the don't use subtitles all the time. Very no, effectively. Right. So you don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on unless you speak French or Russian. Yeah. Or pig Latin, like uh, uh, Vincent's friend that does the surgery. Yeah, I think Larry speaks pig Latin in a lot of it, too. Well, I, we'll get to Larry in a second. I think he's my favorite character in this. Wait, I have so much to say about Larry. I'm so pumped. I was making more of a joke about the pig puppet, but yes, let's get to Larry. The pig? Yeah, I know. Uh, the uh, the blonde uh, is like, why are you brushing off? And she's speaking English. And De Niro does a cool thing where he's like, I don't know what you're saying because he's speaking French. He kind of pretends like he doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. But they're all kind of talking in code. And she opens the, the back door. Everybody leaves. And she's like, why were you being so fucking hesitant? He's like, I never walk into a place I don't know how to walk out of. And she's like, then why are you getting in the van? And he's like, you know the reason. And, I, and that line, so David Mamet wrote the script. It's really hard to get full credit for a script that isn't initially yours. Like you've got to rewrite a lot. And there's a lot of scumbag tricks that people pull. You've got to rename characters. You've got to do all sorts of shit. And even then, it's pretty hard. So I think that fight got pretty dicey. Now that we're, you know, fucking 20 years, 22 years out of this movie, it's pretty clear David Mamet wrote it. You look at the other guy's oh, credits. Could... He, he's written like two made-for-TV movies and a 2008 Seagal movie, and David Mamet's David Mamet still. Yeah, I mean, you, and you can feel him all over this. So famously, you won't see his name on it because 
he only will take things he gets sole credit for. And because he didn't win the arbitration or whatever, he just wrote it under a pseudonym or something. Yeah. yeah he's like JC Chaze or something like that, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> JD Zeke or whatever. <laughs> um, I think he's James Dean. D E E N. D E N. The can- perfect. Yeah. The canyons. Oh, Zeke's the original guy, I think. Uh, his name, the the actual guy's name is fake. <laughs> Richard Vice is what uh, Mamet's uh, pen name is on this. So this fan JD pulls Zeke into a warehouse. <laughs> Sean Bean is already there. He's lurking above everything. And again, you don't know who the fuck is who, what everybody's role is. Uh, there's bunks and equipment everywhere. Stellan Skarsgård walks in. It's got a great look. It's got like a weird kind of a uh, plump businessman look. Uh, yeah. He looks just like his professor character in Goodwill Hunting. He like yeah. he's like he looks like they shot it like back to back. Like he's got a Fields Medal, <laughs> the fucking Fields Medal, George. <laughs> so the blonde starts telling him about the job, and it's all the instructions are real vague. And when I watched this as a kid, I always felt like it was a lot longer and a lot more set up. But now rewatching, I'm like, man, this movie fucking moves. It's almost like they're they're doing jump cuts. They're fucking cruising through information. They're not even giving you the information. It's like, let's just fucking get to it. You got to steal this briefcase. Yeah. And I don't know what mind space I was in to not feel the pace and how agreeable it is. I, I don't know. It was such a miss. You know, I think I was, I think that's why it's remarkable to me because upon the second viewing of it, I was just like, oh man, just completely wrong, like in the wrong headspace. Cause it's, it's a it's zippy n- movie. And, and, but it's not like other movies you were watching in 1997 and 1998. So that's why you were like, I'm going to see a Van Damme movie, like a, you know, like that level of action movie. Instead, you're seeing like something more cerebral and you're like, that's boring. And then like one year later, you watch it again. You're like, fuck, this movie slaps. So she's I like, guess. all right, I'll tell you more about the job tomorrow. Our crew is eating food. They're eating breakfast. Sean Bean, you instantly... He's got such a great look. Where, where I mean, they use it again a few years uh, earlier in Goldeneye, where he just is instantly unlikable. Oh, right. Um, he he very, always plays kind of a coward, traitor, loser character. He's just got that look, you know. He's got that look. He's got like a good kind of greasy look about him. Where and and there's something sad about him at the same time. Yeah. Um but yeah. he's also, but also something that makes him Yeah, there's something that makes him seem like he could be one of these badass guys though too, just like Boromir, just like uh Ned Stark. Like he carries himself in a way where you're like this guy's capable. He's but got a natural like, chip on his shoulder. Sleaze? He's yeah, like a yeah, few yeah. DNA strands away from being a leading man, but he's not, yeah. you know. He's always <laughs> the kind of setup of somebody you think is kind of one thing and maybe they're redeemed or they're, you know, they look like they're going to be badass, but they're a bitch. Because he's kind of like that in Lord of the Rings, right? Doesn't he get all? Yeah, he gets all yeah. fucking horny that was the for the ring. Gabrus just said, "Yeah, yeah." The um, oh my bad. The no, Gabrus did the the fucking name cut. The uh, he's like, you ever kill anybody to De Niro? He's kind of he's and that's. Uh, this this shit, you know immediately he's a douchebag yes. right like you're like oh what a fucking loser that's like 
on day one of a TV job, someone's like, so what What have you shot recently? Yes, and you're like, that's Fuck, what, Gabriel, so I was about to say the same thing. It really made me feel, and I do think there's some mammoth like play theater, like a bunch of people being stuck together that, that is leaked into the script to define, like it reminded me of people puffing out their chest and you're like, the guys you know who are a little bit more successful being douchebags and like dropping like some, I mean, I remember working on a thing where we all had to get in a van every morning and this one girl would bring up her deal with MTV every day. And I waited for like, we were waiting for Cause of course also that person is the person who shows up late. And so we're all fucking in the van waiting. The thing fucking sucks that we're working <laughs> on. So everybody's a little miserable. And then I, I'm like, so, uh, how long do you do you think until she brings up MTV this morning? And every, and like nobody said anything and everybody kind of looked at their coffee and this girl fucking barrels in and fucking they start up the van. We start driving. She's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I, I mean, MTV has been like fucking keeping me up, like talking about this show and and everybody just kind of stared out the window. But he's got that vibe. And booking, De Niro, sure. De Niro's booking got a great. Stuff. I he's like, booking think things. I heard somebody's feel. Do you ever kill somebody? Think I heard somebody's feelings once. <laughs> and they get. And De Niro's the guy who's got like a hundred credits under his belt, and he's like asleep in the van, not interacting with anyone. Right? Like, if you're keeping the uh, analogy going, the guy who's like, "Who's that guy?" He's like, "I don't uh, know. He, uh, he's been yeah, on a million think- of these sets." <laughs> and Bean's even like, "Don't I know you?" He's like, eh, "No, I'd remember." And there's something so, cool. so great about De Niro's energy that's so American to me. And it really stands out with the international cast of like, he's got yeah. such a great, like, I don't know, like it remind me of like a friend's dad who doesn't really, who's like probably a shitty dad and like, doesn't really want to fucking talk to like any of his fucking kid or kids or his kids friends it's like get the fuck out of the house um get out right get out but he seems cool because he doesn't like you right like it makes that guy's dad cool where you're like your dad's cool he's always like always in the shed being mean to everybody you know, like <laughs> i like him <laughs> and they do, do you think and frankenheimer does a good job of getting a lot of reaction shots of just seeing everybody being like yeah he's pretty good yeah right (laughs) who do you think's more american de niro or the idea of like if uncle sam were real (laughs) serious question serious answers only well i actually thought they did a pretty good job of kind of getting giving us two different americans of we get this like kind of cynical badass american dude and then we get our fat fucking like i like cars and i like making food yeah. <laughs> I love spirited casting. I mean, who even is this guy? What do Dude, we know him from anything? He's fucking great. I it love adds the to the realism. I love his character. I love me too. I love that he doesn't really fit in. He's yeah. De Niro, they asked him I know him from point. the show Third Watch is the only thing I remember him from, but he has a real Greg Gunberg vibe. You know, that dude that's in like all J.J. Yeah. J. Abrams well, stuff. He has like a real likable. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like yeah, him way sure. more than that fucking... Gabrus, you know douche. who he reminds me of? Gavin Spieler. Oh, 100%. Shout out to Gavin. He's a very much like Gavin. <laughs> the um... You know what I like? You know what I liked about it? I like it because, you know... 
it's a cliche in these movies that everybody has like a severe face or something, but probably not. I mean, it is in all likelihood that per- somebody in the group would look like that. It was right. cool and it made it feel real to me. My favorite thing about him in this, about Larry in this movie, is that he's like the master driver. Yeah. And at, like he's in charge, exclusively in charge of driving in the car and shit. And then like everyone else is revealed to be sick yeah. drivers. Everybody else is fucking like, maybe everyone's better. Everyone's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's exactly. Definitely not special. <laughs> yeah, right. He's oh, like, I'm the wheel man, <laughs> blah, blah. And then later on in the movie, he's dead. And other people are just blaring, doing cooler shit than he ever did. <laughs> the, uh, at one point, He's De Niro, and uh, we later learn the the blonde's name is Deirdre. Uh, De Niro is Sam, so Sam and Deirdre are, are alone, and he's like, "Where'd you find these guys?" And she's like, "Where do you think? Where do you think they're from?" And there's a lot of that kind of like nobody giving out information, answer a question with a question, but then he's like, "I don't know, ex-military cell block," and I was like, "Oh, uh, fucking, he's." the fucking criminal guy he's everybody's probably military except him he seems like he's like a fucking mob like uh wheel man i yeah i think they 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 effectively set that up but i feel like he is once you know the truth you kind of to me he does feel like cia you know and there's a squareness about him that that makes sense at the very end oh i'm not talking about de niro i'm talking about lenny or Larry, Larry. Oh, Larry. Yeah, criminal. Yes, Larry. Yeah, the slob. Oh. Larry. Larry's oh, the Larry cell block is guy. like stolen car parts. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Larry is like a total. Yeah. Yeah. Larry's a total. And I, I would go as far to say like he's not even like a street criminal. Like he owns a garage or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he has some like he's like that one tier up where he owns a garage in like Trenton, New Jersey, that just like just makes stolen cars and shit disappear. He's a bank robber, <laughs> real man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so fun. It's so sick. And like when he, I love the whole, you know me, I love any sequence with like logistics when they're like, I'm going to need an Audi A8, this, this, nitrous boost. And he's just nodding and they're talking about weapons. Like that shit all fucking rules for me. So they wake up the next morning. Uh, Jean Renault's character, his name is Vincent. And uh, he gives De Niro a cigarette and they introduce each other to uh, introduce each other. It's like, I'm Vincent, I'm Sam. Uh, the blonde, Deirdre, lays out a bunch of m- money, introduces herself. She's like, if you need Could any you, equipment, Vincent is the real, guy. Vincent, Vincent's our local. He's, he's from France. He'll hook us up with all the stuff we need. Could you guys imagine like doing some fucking heist thing that you get recruited for and then just spending the night in the same room with all the people you just met? <laughs> like you they right. pass out like sleeping bags and shit. Like that's fucking oh. crazy, right? Dude, I was thinking that too. I was like, imagine being 50 and having to fucking like sleep on a cot next to some other fucking <laughs> random 50-year-old guy. I know. After you it's eat funny. like a bunch of like your shitty meal together. Yeah. You you ate like fucking peanut butter on white bread and then sleep on a cot. You're like, I'm a 50 year old man. I have a family at home. Like, yes. this is a nice Let me check the old fu- sleep score. Sleep score is 13. Score. Yeah. It's like 13. Why did I sign up for this job that put me in Katrina sleeping standards? <laughs> right. 
Um, I think they do a good job of uh, De Niro demonstrating that it's a little. It is a little sketchy to sleep in front of these people because when he wakes up, he's like, "Whoa, what the f-? like?" He's a little, and then when he gets out of the sleeping bag and he's in a full suit, you're like, "Hell yeah, my man slept yeah. in dress shoes also, and a jacket and a he looked so sleeping bag." <laughs> to Stanger's point about his look, I was like, "Man, I wish I looked like that when I woke up." Like I look like fucking oh, yeah. such dog shit when I wake up. And I'm like, the guy look it just goes for fucking work like that? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It takes me a while to not look like a catcher's mitt. I gotta fucking get up, get going, get a little like caffeine I, on board. I look like dog shit when I wake up, but at my best I look like eight percent less dog shit. I'm kinda running at like peak near dog shit levels. So Yeah, I kinda you, you, you wouldn't always... notice if I had just woken up. <laughs> It's like when you um, uh, fucking fold up like a travel pillow or something and like <laughs> you take it out of the bag and like you got to wait for it to like re. Yeah, it's like you, it stretches out and shit. It takes me about like five hours after I wake up to fully like become the normal shape. Until then, oh, yeah, I'm for like, my my. Sp- <laughs> My spine has to untwist since I sleep in like the worst possible position with 300 pounds of pressure on it all night. Then I wake up and I'm just like, you guys side <laughs> and sleepers? Then I'm... Yeah, side for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to be a back sleeper, but I'm such a side can. sleeper. Can you, can you like change? Because I, 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 I think it, sleeping on your back's better, right? Yeah, I think so. It's got to be. It is for me because when I sleep on my side, I put my arm under the pillow and I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like absolutely numb arm from like elbow down, like can't feel it. It's like such bad pins and needles that it's woken me up. Or I'll wake up in the morning and be like stuck like this for like a minute and a half. You so know, my shoulders are like destroyed. Like for a while, one of my shoulders, like I was like, man, this shoulder's done. And then I would start sleeping on the other side. And now I'm like, well, they're both shot. <laughs> yeah, I effectively switched sides because of a shoulder thing. But um, I could, I can never, I tried back. I can't do it. Like I can go from one side to the other. I have one that I prefer that I can't do anymore, but back seems impossible for me. I'm yeah. really trying to learn back because if I do it for a good chunk, my, everything feels better in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I can get it, if I can get it right, it's how I, it's best for me, just not the most comfortable way. I always and wake up on my side, but try to go back to sleep on my it's back. It's definitely fucking crazy to get sleep injuries. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Makes, that's Jesus. when you feel old, when you're like, you stay at a hotel for one night in a pillow or the mattress is different, and you're like limping for a week. You're like, my body, I, I should be able to roll with this for one night. <laughs> I, I, you remember being a kid and being like, well, I'll just sleep on the floor. Like when Gabrus and I slept on an <laughs> airport carpet, and we were like, well, all right, off to the next thing. Yeah, when we got 90 minutes of sleep fully dressed on a fucking rock-hard carpet in, like, the Charlotte airport, and we're fine. Woke up, did a show, <laughs> went to a bar. <laughs> got fucking wasted. Stone can wake up if right in the morning, looks refreshed, normal, and can go into a dead sprint. And just is like, <laughs> f- like, if I tried to do that, I'd be in a fucking wheelchair for the rest of my life. Like, I would injure every every muscle possible. Like, the, I can't like, wait to go like straight I'm going to do straight up like deprivation tank in like a fucking another couple of months. I think I'm going to, I mean, why not? 
Why not build a tank that fucking like restricts my oxygen and shit? Or like jacks it up. I don't even know how this shit works. Restricts your oxygen. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, there's a hyperbaric chamber where you have pure oxygen. Yeah, I want hyperbaric pure oxygen. chamber, and then there's then there's also a deprivation sensory deprivation. There's sensory deprivation. Yeah, I think if you would had an oxygen deprivation chamber, you'd have a hard time because you'd be coming. No, doesn't so that much. like it? Doesn't that like mimic the like high altitude shit? They say that they say that it doesn't. Uh, it's supposed to, but you like they have the masks and stuff, and supposedly you're that you are replicating that. That's what they promise. But in a lot of the research I've seen, you don't get the same red blood cell response that you do from actually being at altitude. Because didn't that and biker build one into- in bigger, faster, stronger? That one bicyclist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. So maybe if there's the actual chamber, I'm only talking. I only know about the masks. I'd the have mask. to watch. I. Cause, yeah. Cause that's. Have you not watched that singer? No, no, I, I missed it for some reason. Oh, uh, dude! Oh, you're gonna dude. love it. Put you, watch it tonight. You're gonna fucking a, love uh, it. Yeah, it's a crazy twist, right? What they go out to prove ends up being something completely different or something. Well, they. I mean, it starts off them kind of trying to like get in Schwarzenegger's face about steroids, but then they all just like him so much they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a pro steroids documentary. <laughs> yeah, tur- wait, no, I think I've seen this. Is it Mike Bell? Is he the one that did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I thought those guys are those guys were bouncers at the bar I hung out in college. The Bell Brothers. Uh, oh yeah, that's cool. cool. One of them is a wrestler. Uh, the guy that died, that, right? Yeah, yeah. He. Shout I out was to Rennie's Pub. I was thinking of like Icarus or something like that. Oh yeah, Icarus is the one where they sought out to like just talk to this Russian guy who was in charge of the Olympics committee, and then he's revealed that he's been like, you know, like the state mandated that he get dose and drug all the athletes and shit like that. Jesus. <laughs> so Vincent's Crazy. your equipment guy. People start like asking him for random shit. And the job is they need to steal a briefcase and it's going to be an ambush job. They get the case, they get out. And Bean's like, I'm a weapons man. Uh, here's a, like a list of weapons that I'm, I'm going to get us if anybody else needs something. And it's kind of getting heated. Bean immediately, like as soon as he talks, everybody like fucking De Niro gets annoyed at him. Yeah. It's like nails on a chalkboard when Bean speaks. Like everyone reacts to it. It feels so real, and everything that they're doing in this movie so far is so effective. You're just dying to see more of it. I was. This was so what I needed. I was like, oh man, I'm so in for this. Like everything about this is working for me. And they keep alluding to this man in the wheelchair that was kind of everybody's contact person, which is another cool thing where like you don't get the full story and who cares? It's just like fun fucking window dressing. And then De Niro does the, the cool coffee spill move that Gabrus talked about before just to kind of figure out like who the fuck is Skarsgård? Skarsgård plays a character named Gregor and he's kind of feeling him out and he looks like this buttoned up nerd and De Niro wisely is like, there's more to this guy than he's putting on. And so he fucking does a fake. He he pretends to spill his own coffee. Then he goes to clean it up and knocks over Skarsgård, who catches it like a cat. Right. He's like, so not the, egg, not the 
yeah, not the egghead you think, you know, like he's not the com- yeah, the techie guy he's pretending to be. Also, first of a couple of De Niro's coffee traps, we'll see. He's <laughs> he's a master Sam's with pretty the much a coffee trap him. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the kind of shit my dad like. And I'm a coffee would have absolutely. <laughs> this kind of shit my dad would have absolutely loved. I think that's why, uh, as older men, we react to this movie because he's just kind of smarter and more experienced than everyone, and he kind of just like walks around the room and he's like, "Hey, watch out, coffee's over here." Hey, I use a 19. I'm a. He's a wise ass, and like, hey, and he's, he's also, just like, I wish I could be this dude. Well, he's got this old fashioned quality that we didn't realize would become old fashioned of yeah not being buttoned up and being modest and brushing stuff off with kind of like a sarcastic comment or like a shitty dad joke and, and but then being able to back it up so now we live yeah. in this era where it's the exact opposite of that where it's like this trump thing of like talking loud and then not being able to back it up where the whole time de niro's like Oh, yeah, I don't know. It went to high school together. I got to go see a guy about a horse. He's like that kind of fucking energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Gabrus, I wanted to ask you about coffee traps. Could somebody catch you with like if they put a cold brew like in a bear trap or something? <laughs> yeah. Right now, dude, if you put cold brew concentrate in a bear trap, you could have me because I am fucking it is not anywhere in West Hollywood. <laughs> like if you have to set up some trap for Gabrus, it's like. All right, we need Gabrus to stay get, be occupied for thirty minutes. Here, let's give him a cold brew, some celery juice, and uh, that gives us <laughs> about fifteen minutes until go time. <laughs> and then you're hanging out with. He's, he's got. He's his, like, oh man, this is kicking in. And then he fucking he goes in the bathroom, and you're like, now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in there doing a full play while you guys rob me. I'm not shitting at all. <laughs> I'm singing like opera with like a Viking helmet on. <laughs> cinematic. It's so fucking cinematic. <laughs> um, one of the cool things I like that uh, Sam does in the in this scene and in every scene is anytime they do get a couple of details, he has five rapid fire follow ups right yeah. after. She's like, it'll be like six to eight guys. He's like, are they coming from work, going to work? Do they live in the town? Are they five foot ten? Like, I and it's fucking like, love it. You just want to be De Niro so bad when you see him. It's like oh, I wish I, I thought of stuff like that. I know. I'm like, that's such a good question. Yeah. So we kind of do a lot of jump cuts of our crew hanging together. And it's these early scenes. I appreciate them now where they're winding up to get to the action, to spring the trap a little bit. But now I, I appreciate the fucking economy of them as somebody who, you know, tries to write screenplays and like tries to sell things. I'm like, God damn it. This is fucking interesting. And you could do this. These guys are just in a warehouse and they're fucking talking about it's got some reservoir dog vibes to it where you're like, oh, shit, I I would happily see this for fucking two hours. Just these guys talking shit. And they're like, you can only hang out, you know, hold out the interrogation for so long. And the guys are loading weapons and getting them in the car. And uh, yeah, it's 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 important to the story that you feel like Sam and Vincent care about each other. And they do just enough for that. You, it's effective. You you feel that kind of relationship building and it works. And this is kind of what I was talking about before. They were like, how did they finally get you to crack? And he's like, they use the grasshopper on me. And everybody's like, what's in a grasshopper? Ah, cream de menthe, uh, gin. He's like, one part like, creme de menthe, <laughs> one part gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but he also is letting them know I've been tortured, which is weird. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of casually being like, yeah, yeah, no, I've been tortured. All right, pussies. You're like, yeah. And and it was also like, well, if you get caught, you get caught. Like, you know, you're not fucking who cares? It's it's over. Yeah. You're not keeping secrets. Like, so let's not learn anything about each other. The, uh, it's a moot point. It's a fucking moot point. And this is another power move where Deirdre loads all the guys into one car and he's like, I'm coming with you. And she's like, no, go with these guys. And so <laughs> they're going to meet uh, Sean Bean. He plays a character named Spence. And they're going to meet Spence's gun guy because he's the, he's the weapons guy and he put in this order for all these guns. And so... Uh, and he's all fucking juiced up. Yeah, I know he's so he's got so much anxiety and it's just like it's like playing sports stanger. It's like the dude whose first game it is. You're like, we're still an hour away from kickoff. Save some fucking energy. Like the guy who's way too hyped. Yeah, Larry. Larry is about to smoke a cigarette and De Niro's like, don't do that. They're all like, yeah, bad for the night vision, huh? And he's like, yeah. Then a Volvo pulls up. (laughs) They drive forward it being uh you know, takes out his list of fucking guns that they were supposed to get to like double check it again. Vincent has the money. Everybody's fucking on pins and needles. And for the little information that, you know, it's a miracle that you're fully on board with these guys. You're fully like, I'm fucking, I'm scared too. Yeah. You're not even a hundred percent positive. They're buying guns until like, like a couple of minutes into the, a couple of, you know what I mean? Like they're so vague that, you know, they need to get guns there. Like you don't fully understand. Maybe they know these people. Then it's revealed. They don't like, they don't overly explain. Like you're saying, like they're not sitting there going, and how do we know these guys? Are they safe? They don't even say that. They're just like, it's not safe. It's and cool. Well, you, you, you kind of get the feeling that Sean Bean is ineffective and not great, but you don't know what to what degree. And then they kind of keep slowly rolling it out more and more. Like the whole thing this guy was put to, supposed to put together for him is a total fucking bust. And, <laughs> yeah, being, like, <laughs> and being like he's he's posing as this kind of like SAS badass, but he's got criminal energy. And he's probably if I'm doing work for the movie, he's probably another cell block guy because he's got the energy of yeah. somebody being like, fuck it. Let's just go in. Let's just rob him. Fuck it. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah, and he has the and he has the gun guy's contact info. And then throughout this whole sequence, he's so insane. And then on the drive home when he's like, That's what I'm talking about. We got the guns and kept the money, which is like the most criminal point of view you can have. <laughs> so it's not I all love, in this car. Saw, all these French guys yeah. in this fall though open up the trunk and De Niro and Vincent kind of have his back. De Niro's real fucking sketched out about the whole thing. Larry, the wheel man, stays in the other car. And uh, Sean Bean is like, hey, it's not all here. What the fuck? And the French guy's like, oh, of course, it's in the other car. So another car pulls up under a bridge. And De Niro's like, you're fishing a barrel. What are you, crazy? We're not going over there. He's And Spence is like, come on, let's just fucking do this. Let's get it done. And Vincent goes. He's like... And De Niro's like, why are you going? He's like, they're paying us to go. I'm going to go get it. And then a boat goes by and it lights up under the bridge and De Niro sees a fucking sniper. And De Niro even called it like he warned Vincent. He was like, hey, stay close to the the other to the fucking sellers, because if there's a, a sniper, they won't want to shoot their own men. And then as soon as they get near him, the, the fucking the dealers are all like, all right, stop right there, like fucking 15 feet away from. Him. And so they're truly fishing a barrel. 
De Niro sees the sniper up in the fucking bridge lattice and he fucking starts taking shot. The whole thing goes to shit. The French guys start shooting. Fucking Larry pulls Wait, real up quick. in the car. We got a full Wait, highlight here for me. Highlight here for me is Larry is, knows he's got to start moving the shit over from the first car while this is going on. But when the bad guys uh, or the, the gun arms dealers flip the headlights on and Bean's character goes, I can't see. I can't. Like, he's immediately a liability. Like, he's been posturing this whole time. And then the second they flick the headlights on, he's like, I can't see. And then Vincent grabs him, drags him away. And then he's, like, gleefully firing his submachine gun the whole time, just doing nothing. Like, and adding he looks good no with value the gun, added. too. Yeah. Gun yeah. work in this looks is great top notch, I thought. Yes. Awesome. So De Niro, they, later on, when De Niro uses that fucking grenade launcher, he looks fucking cool as hell into, like, the fucking big rifle. He rolls. So they shred these fucking French arms dealers. They fucking light them up. <laughs> the cops come. They all get in Larry's car. Fucking speed the fuck out of there. They're all pumped. De Niro is the only one who's like, all right, slow down. And uh, Bean gets out. He fucking pukes. And Vincent's like, hey, man, thank you. You saved my fucking life. If it, like, it weren't for you, that sniper would have shot me. That, the, Vincent was the guy <laughs> in the fucking sniper's stites. And Vincent has enough of a fucking like, experience to know <laughs> that like, he was fucked. The what, do you think, what, just, do you think, what do you think Jean Renault, like, what do you think his backstory is? Where do you think he was? Was he military, government? Or was he a criminal? I got the sense that he's like French Secret Service of some kind. Something like but, that. Yeah, I, I think he's French ex-military or French. I think he was a quote unquote good guy, like worked for France in some way because there's like later on in the movie, they're sort of like kind of being casual with each other that they're both working, that he they're both good guys criminal. and shouldn't be here. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. There's all the weird shit with Michael Lonsdale where it's like, all right, I'm yeah. clearly what, like, like in what this was that business. guy? Yeah. 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 That's what I, I was mean, thinking. I don't know. Yeah. That's know. why I think that too. And then also, he knows the fucking cronies that go after uh, Gregor later in, when they're at the stadium. He's like, and I just recognize being able, those just guys, being able yeah. to, to get stuff uh, in the way that he can doesn't, doesn't speak to legitimacy, but you know. But right, right. I, 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 I guess I kind of thought of him as a just a mercenary of a, a, like a the kind of guy the CIA uses of like sure I work for right. I work for Secret Services like I'm yeah I mean I'm, they're all they're all s soldiers of fortune right there's yeah. some capacity I was just wondering to what level I mean I don't, I don't think he's on the level that De Niro is in the sense that he's still no. with yeah, the CIA but yeah, I just he's not was wondering or anything, yeah right. I was just wondering if he's a little more nefarious, which makes their kind of relationship even cooler, but it's not really fleshed out, but it's also cool that it's a mystery. You know, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck? So he's got Deirdre a puppet pig is getting out of, uh, like a tube station. And, uh, this is where she meets Jonathan price who he plays a character named Seamus, her boss, essentially. And I, I like price a lot. He's the only questionable casting choice for, He's so well known, and yeah. he's, and 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 uh, to me, he's like uh, he sounds like he's putting on a little bit different of an accent. Um, but I was yeah. on board with it. I like 
Uh, I was he he distracted me just a touch because he ends up being kind of one of the major bad guys at the end. You know, he's the and true the, villain. And yeah. the Pope outfit is too much. Like it's like confusing the whole time that he's dressed like one of the two popes. Yeah, it's like oh, I you think have you to watch the wrong the movie, Gabers. Are you sure? Because uh, De Niro is great as the other pope, but he <laughs> doesn't look like himself. He's doing great character work. He's deep. De Niro in full Hopkins face. <laughs> So this is where we learn the Russians are the big buyer of our our case, our MacGuffin. It's like the Russians are buying it. You got to intercept it at the before the purchase. Then uh, De Niro tells us of uh, like he's like we meet with our guys again. He's like, hey, listen, you got to tell us what's in the case, or my price is going up. And he's so fucking like alpha and great that you fucking love him. Where he's just yeah. like it's. It's so great the way he is in this moment because he's also justified because they were yeah. just almost killed. That was supposed to be a simple deal. But also at the end of the movie, once you realize he's like uh, undercover, all this shit like this is such an alpha bold move. But it is also always to get more information and get like, let me talk to the fucking handler. Who's, there is no handler. Let me speak like all the shit when he gets angry about. I'll is get you so the case, cool. but the like, price is going up. If it's fucking amateur night. Yeah. You're paying me more yeah. money. And like everybody's looking <laughs> around at each other. Now, the one thing, like why this is sort of a fantasy that I love is because if you do do this, you get fired. Like that's what's so yeah. frustrating yeah. about it. You Whenever you become the this. fucking squeaky wheel on something, it's like, get this guy the fuck out of here who's asking for more money. Oh, dude, it just made me feel like such the the bitch you know doing like shitty like non-union jobs and not speaking up to not get fired because you're right you will get fired so it's like mm, yes please i'll do it for twenty dollars you you're either will get fired or you're like this guy's hard to work with he's got a yeah. real fucking attitude problem yeah you never get brought back but then every it, once in a while you'll hear some story about like how fucking dave tooney asked for more money and they paid him ten thousand dollars on the fucking right. <laughs> it reminded Oreo. me of stories about like harry Shear, where i like i, I yeah. loved his interview with stern where he's like yeah i'm not doing this shit the simpsons it's a multi-million dollar property we're doing all the fucking work they should be paying us a fortune and he's like, everybody yeah. else is afraid to make waves after doing it for like 25 fucking years. They're totally, all still totally. like afraid to do it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do the, your voices on your fucking theme park ride unless you pay me yeah. the scale. And then it's like, yeah. he's got a fucking problem. He's trying to destroy the Simpsons. Uh, it always makes so much sense sense to me. I love seeing it, but I always end up like fucking Albert Brooks and defending your life where... <laughs> He just yeah, takes yeah. the less amount of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when they're sh uh, when uh, Rip Torn's showing him playback. Right? Yeah, they're showing him playback, <laughs> and like he he preps it for like the whole. He has his wife like rehearse with them. You know, we'll pay you eighty thousand. I'm not taking less than a hundred thousand. Ninety, not less than a hundred. They do it like ten times, and then it cuts to him in the actual meeting. They're like, "We're prepared to offer you sixty thousand dollars. I'll take it like immediately." That movie is so fucking good, man. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's yeah. my favorite Albert Brooks. I mean, I know he's got so many fucking hits. But well, that's it was my, my intro to Albert Brooks. I didn't really know his movies before then. That was the only one where I was like old enough to see it when it came out. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why it's my favorite. It's probably the first one I saw. And I, you know, I love rom coms, especially weird sci fi ones. I liked it at a young age because it had that kind of heaven supernatural sci fi component before I really got the nuance of it all. Like, I was like, oh, there's enough for me in this. And then, yeah, so so I've always got a soft spot, but that kind of. That runner he had of like three, the the loss in America, modern romance, and defending your life are all great. Yeah, but they're all defending great. Your life for sure. So fun. Um, yeah. And also, at, as a kid, I didn't realize how big a role he played in The Simpsons, and like how he was the voice of so many of these weird guest characters that I loved. His name oh, to yeah, me to- was always so. And there's like another Brooks involved in The Simpsons. When you look at the credits, they all kind of roll together. Not realizing that his name yeah, is there's Albert James, Einstein. Yeah, there's James Brooks. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the confusing thing for me, too, because I was like, I didn't understand how much of a part of The Simpsons he was because of James L. Brooks, Al Brooks, and Al Jean, all of those yeah. three names. And I'd be like, it would fucking confuse me Yeah, when you're kid. 10 yeah. years old, you're just like, whatever, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes up a lot on this show. You guys would fucking, fucking stone watching The Simpsons and talking about them all the time. I, I would say 98% of my conversation, and I talk to him all fucking day, are Simpsons related. It's great. It's, un- it's unbelievable. I mean, that's got to feel good. You could be doing so much worse. Like, there's so, it's like, great. you know what I mean? Like, thank fucking God. It's there's not so many Yu-Gi-Oh dads listening to the yeah. show that are like, my kid listens to fuck. I wish my kid would watch The Simpsons. He only. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm not complaining. It's it's lucky. It's lucky. He only watches 70-year-old Russian women brushing their hair topless on the dark web. <laughs> I wish my kid would watch The Simpsons. I talk to my kid all day about <laughs> Russian topless women dark web stuff. It's all we talk about, especially now with the fucking the quarantine. We're just stuck here talking about it all day. Just talking about porno. <laughs> There's I had so this, much uh, fucking COVID. Have you guys seen, like, one of my friends at work sent us, um, there's, like, a huge crop of COVID, uh, like, erotic books on Amazon that are, like, COVID-69. <laughs> and they're all about, like, <laughs> your fucking, like, grocery delivery guy, like, fucking eating your box and stuff. Whoa, just people start, like, bug chasers? Or just people starve no, for, like, just a- like it's just hacky, like erotic sex books where they're just like, all right, the setting is the fucking yeah. uh, COVID-19 shit. And like everybody's inside and like horny and uh, somebody comes over to fucking drop off your groceries and they uh, fucking stick around. They uh, fuck <laughs> you with a cucumber that they, they you fucking ordered. <laughs> a hot house, an English hot house cucumber. <laughs> the real long ones, them long boys. Them long uh, I did boys. a little rewrite on your work. Um, instead of a cucumber, it's an English hot house. Those are longer, and they probably feel better, a little bit girthier. <laughs> hey, I, I know I'm the third guy to take a pass on this, but I changed all the names so I could have ownership, and I switched it from a hot house cucumber to a knobby carrot, so it has like a little bit of a clit stimulation. It's as a little well. veinier. <laughs> It's a gourd. <laughs> and the little hairy whispers, whiskers on the carrot. I mean, they might increase the tickle factor. So it's not Deirdre my, it's not my the dick fucking money. painted to look like a carrot. 
This scene is so fucking... This is like one of the best scenes of the movie, and it's not even a, really an action scene. It's just so fucking satisfying of being drawing the shitty drawing <laughs> of like, all right, we're going to have got gunmen here and here. It'll be a classic. And De- and fucking De Niro just walks up a race. He's like, draw it again. Do you remember it? Draw it again. And then he starts quizzing him about his SAS experience. He's like, if you're really this fucking, what color is this building? And the boathouse, the boathouse at what? A, before what he did the all house? this, he left a cup of coffee on the edge of a table to walk Bean into, and then he knocks it over on himself to burn himself and kind of give himself a jolt. And then fucking De Niro uses that opportunity to fucking get behind him and take his gun out. So he fully humiliates this guy. Exquisitely then, satisfying. Uh, Deirdre's like, all right, you'll get your money <laughs> if we get the case. And then they fucking, I like she's, they fire, they fire him. <laughs> they, you're what like, a great, oh, f- what a great firing. She's like, um, I can take an account. You'll forget us because we will remember you. <laughs> and it's just so like, get the fuck out of here. You fucking loser. I'd love to be back. humiliated by Didra. Uh, did, yeah, did, I forgot that he never comes back. I thought for sure he was going to have some kind of like scorn. a traitor, yeah, yeah. Or like sell him out in some way. It's like I no. do love that he never comes back. I love it. He like I quits feel like the business. I, I... <laughs> he gets into podcasting. <laughs> he does the south. Uh, he, he tours the south doing comedy. <laughs> Puts out a purchase your own special for eight dollars. Uh, <laughs> People need to laugh. I, I truly thought before I rewatched this movie recently, I thought he dies because I think I was I thought he died because I was throwing it around like he dies in Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Ronin. I, I mean, like hey, I've been saying for like a decade, I've been using that as an also an example. Let me tell was, you, Gabrus, he dies a spiritual death, man. The worst kind. You know what I mean? So later, Skarsgård also is like putting a fuck equipment like in, in like a barrel or some shit. And he's like. What color is the boathouse? Then it was like, how the fuck should I know? <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. It's because he's colorblind. Cut the niece. De Niro nice. is. Oh, is it it's, nice? It's pronounced nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just the like city's it so nice, they called it niece. <laughs> I. I will say. Recording over Zoom makes the dumb in uh, interruptions we do feel so much more like big swings where you got to be like, okay, yeah, like, like going to say right, that. Everybody, and it's like we all have to pause. For- everybody <laughs> shut up, pause, and let her rip. Let, let it go, what was that? What was that, Stanger? Oh, niece is pronounced nice. Good stuff. Back to the show. Thank you. I know. I I've stopped myself five times from just like undercutting something Roger said to like make fun like shit I would just normally do, and I'm just like, if I get it, if I keep interrupting this track, I'm gonna be mad at myself. I haven't stopped myself once. I've gone back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went back to do your little the the shitty coffee bear trap joke. I you know I'm, I'm everything's on the table for me. Hey, we're all we're all playing into our strengths. So De Niro's looking. De Niro's in a room in Nice. They're in like a safe house, and they're looking out at. He's looking at photos of the case. Scarsgard is like a computer guy, right? 
And yeah. And so he's like always doing fucking high tech bullshit. Larry, of course, is making food. <laughs> and uh, De Niro's got a great. He's like, you're either part of the problem, you're part of the solution, or you're part of the landscape. <laughs> and so he wants to case the hotel where the guys who have the case are staying. He's like, let's go look around. And uh, bring, and he tells Deirdre, he's like, she's, he's like, bring some money. We're going to do some shopping. So they go to this hotel pretending to be tor- married tourists. Fucking, I love this. this is Same. like peak genius shit. God. This is like the, the trade craft. Is that, what it, is that what the spy people call it? It's on such display here. And it's the coolest fucking, all of the shit like from making the, like all the Rube Goldberg shit he sets up to like get I want, whatever When this was playing out, like I. I wanted to go like like rough up Nancy and Stone in bed and just like like <laughs> just like kind of just well, like wake them up stuff and- that like we gotta we gotta break down here because because it gets okay. pretty specific in a very action boys way where oh yeah I know exactly which yes, part you're yeah talking well, let's about. not rush it well, let's take our time with it so he's sipping coffee in the lobby no, let's not rush it there's a bald guy who comes down he's he, with the case and he's got like a bunch of women with him. And uh, fucking meanwhile, De Niro is doing some bullshit with the camera and he finds some random local. He's like, hey, uh, can you take a picture of me and my wife? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, sure. And he's explaining how the camera works. And as he's doing it, he's taking a fucking ton of pictures of this guy. <laughs> and But it looks totally normal. And he's like, all right, now, now take a bunch of pictures of just my wife. And he goes in, he sets up, <laughs> he moves a sign on one of the uh, doorman's carts. On a bell then, cart, yeah. And then he's like, all right, n- now let me take a picture of you with my wife. <laughs> and it gets very <laughs> fucking action boysy, like porno shit. He Did also you guys- says to the he, he says to the clerk, I didn't clock, I rewatched this scene. Today I rewatched this scene for fu- that's why I was telling you like I can't find it. Then it made me go back and rewatch the whole movie again. I've watched it twice this week. He goes to the bellman. He goes, "Hey, make sure these get up to my room pronto." And like taps the guy. And like he sets he tips like him. four things in motion. Yeah, he tips him. He sets like four things in motion at once. It's so fucking smart. Did you guys think that that one guy that wanted us to fuck his wife was maybe just doing surveillance now? Oh yeah, looking back Hindsight on it, 2020. Maybe Action Boys. I'm not bad. I'm not mad. I just want you to eat my wife's put. Like maybe this guy was just doing surveillance. Was, we thought it was. Yeah, he was fucking yeah. figuring out our passwords and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole thing was a cover, or maybe not and even our passwords. Poor guy, this poor photo guy. He thinks he's about to get into like a uh, like a hot wifeing situation, yeah. and like he gets fucking blue balled a big time. Oh yeah, we know he goes we home and tells say, like we haven't really discussed her, but Deidre is played by that. I don't know how to say her last name, but it's like Natasha McClung. She's the wife from Californication. I fell in love with her on that show, and so I forgot that it was her in this movie and throwing this on. She's got like, another fuck yes, another big boys, film. Please, right? please eat my wife's pussy. What was that noise? <laughs> uh, please, action boys, uh, uh, turn to the mad. side. Now the other side, action boys. Action boys. Please, I'm I need you to mad. satisfy my wife. Please, please, titty fuck my daughter. Action boys, uh, <laughs> hold up your fingerprints. <laughs> Give me a thumbs up. 
if you want, if you want to if titty fuck my wife. Now zoom in on the thumbs so I can open your phones. Right as you climax action, boys, say your mother's maiden name. That's my king. Uh, okay, uh, uh, now uh, put your arm around my wife. Okay, uh, that's good. Now um, uh, tell, tell my wife you got a bigger dick than I do. All right, no, it's she was in photo. She was in the Truman Show. That's her other big crit. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now everybody laugh uh, about me sucking my own dick. <laughs> now I'm just gonna shake my head to the side and say no, 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 no. Oh no, 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 no. Oh no, 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 oh, no. no. It sucks when you have to watch your wife get fucked while you're in a slowly lifting garbage truck. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> oh no, no. no. Oh, no so no. the bellboy moves the cart, which causes the sign to fall, makes a big bang. The bald guy who's holding the case, his whole security team jumps into action. All the while, De Niro is snapping pictures. And we do a fun cut to like the scene, and we dissolve, and like, we, like, I don't know, match cut, whatever the fuck it's called, into the photo of these security guards busting out and he's like they're good they're good this that fucking match cut i that's what i was talking about. i wanted to wake up nancy and stone get the fuck out of bed <laughs> it was like one in the morning i was like this is so fucking good get up both of you get up ronin i was telling you about ronin before you went to sleep remember no interesting <laughs> Didn't land at all on your radar, the fact that I've been screaming about this movie for 48 hours? Get your fucking oh God, asses what's happening? up. Is the virus mutating? <laughs> no, you got to watch Ronin from 1998. Watch this scene. <laughs> Wildly so like, we really, If we want to do this, we need two more guys. Love this. And she's no like, way. no. This is also like we're going to stick to the plan. We're going to wait. The buyers moved shit to tomorrow. And De Niro's like, all right, we'll stay put. Best thing we can do, stay put. Fuck this. I want to go see for myself. And she's like, all right, I'm coming with you. So they go. They look at the villa. And they kind of like we have this fun little scene of them kind of feeling each other out of who they are. And he's like, how'd you get into this business? She's like, a wealthy scoundrel seduced and and betrayed me. He's like, same as me. And uh, a car goes by. They look at a map. The car keeps going. They put the map away. Police go by. They start making out. They keep going by. They stop making out. And then she like is like, hey, that one bad. Then she fucking gets on top of him. Presumably they fuck. Oh, well, yeah. it's weird. When she goes to climb on top of him, she accidentally puts her leg in a cup of coffee that De Niro has strategically located in the cup holder. And he's like, I, I fucking trapped you in the car. I'll trap you wherever I need to. De Niro's like... <laughs> Let me go in the back and suck my own dick for a couple of minutes before we we get this going on. That's an openly known me. thing, right? That De Niro sucks his own dick. I did not know that. I didn't or, know that. You guys didn't know that? No. I've heard this tell. from multiple sources. That De Niro like seduces women. I've heard the same. It might be the same story, but like it's basically like De Niro has a guy that's like, hey, De Niro wants to meet you. Uh, like he wants to take you out. Here's a key to his hotel room, and then you fucking go to the. You open the door. And he's in there sucking his own dick. 
and then and then you go and then he goes to town on you and you and you're fucking like all right hey it's De Niro I'm here for the story <laughs> Jesus Christ Mary Shelley's Frankenstein huge fan suck your own dick I'll fuck you let's do it <laughs> uh, are you like ethnically ambiguous looking yeah he likes are you an ethnically chick. ambiguous looking model and would you want to fuck an academy award winner and then if you if you answer yes to both of those then you fucking see him suck his own dick for a second and then you then he, and then you have a night will to remember it, will it bump you if when you walk in he's sucking his own oscar winning dick and if not yeah it would all right well then don't go up hey no harm no foul the car scene did remind me of uh, the, this true story of where this guy gave his girlfriend Spanish fly, and then he had to run inside to grab something, and he gave it to her in the car. And then when he came back out, she was dead, and she had like uh, gotten so horny in his absence, she fucked herself on his uh, stick shift and killed yeah. herself. Yeah, that's it's a, a true, true story. story. Yeah, that's a true story. It's it's a true story. It's happened in every single town across the country it's a huge problem yeah because it's, it's not epidemic. like yeah it's maybe it's the pandemic it's the last pandemic everybody keeps saying yeah. it's the the 1918 flu but it wasn't it was actually the 1991 spanish flu fuck the stick shift pandemic yeah <laughs> and if those guys had just stayed they would have had they would have fucked but now the girl's dead and they don't have sex yeah that because that batch of Spanish uh, fly, it was too strong. It's too strong. It's- yeah. All right. Let's let's dust the stick shift for Quim, boys. <laughs> I think we. <laughs> I got a vulva print off the stick shift. Let's send that to the well, lab. Boys. Run it through the database. <laughs> Don't you see? It matches. It matches the Quim stain in the stick shift in New Jersey. It's worldwide. <laughs> Ah, you're crazy. That's impossible. Let's let kids drive around willy-nilly. I believe you. I looked at your papers. I believe you. (laughs) Oh, finally, thank God. The cops are trying to stop me. This thing goes all the way to the top. (laughs) So they... I think they do fuck for sure. Because they gotta fuck. because otherwise because De, oh, yeah. De Niro can't fucking pull the trigger later because of that. Right. But or I is it because like they almost fucked and they didn't? <laughs> and it's like yeah, God, left, I'd love if it. he would have fucked her, he would have no have no I have no problem killing someone I already fucked. But if I haven't fucked them yet, I don't want to kill them no, until dude, I've tried it's, fucking it, them. You gotta understand that fucking De Niro in this is a Captain Savaho. <laughs> and now that he's fucked her, he goes all fucking Captain Sabaho. Well, do you think he just? Do, uh, my theory is he, they fucked, and Sam did a really bad job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's and so he, and then he he tried to blame Sean Bean. He's like, it's your, he's like, couldn't get hard on. He's like, you hired the fucking rookie. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you shut the fuck up. Don't look at me. And so he knows he's got to fuck her again to like make up for it. So like, like to get the good word out because he's got to like redeem himself a little bit. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I, don't know, I think that's, that's like it. De Niro's acting secret and stuff. I think he wrote like 
he probably wrote a whole story, like backstory for Sam that we don't see on screen. But I have access to that backstory. I did a little research <laughs> and I went to an old bookstore and I found it. And that's in there. I'm reading out of it right now. So Sarsgaard is testing equipment in a van. I'm reading the novelization of Ronin for all the backstory on the guy. 4,000 pages. <laughs> I was listening to some fucking uh, podcast, the new Beverly podcast with Tarantino. And he's talking. Have you guys ever seen Carney with Gary Busey and Jodie Foster? I have not. Uh, they're talking about Carney. It's a fun movie. It's worth it for Busey. Uh, but they're talking about Carney. And then uh, 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 Tarantino was talking about how he read the novelization of the movie before the movie came out and how the movie is better in certain elements than the novelization. And he had given the novel to some guy there, one of the guys to read in preparation for the conversation. And the guy didn't read it. And Tarantino's kind of pissed at him for it. He's like, that was I your mean, homework. You didn't read the novelization? I mean, I was like, yeah, fucking read it, dude. Come on. If De Niro or fucking Tarantino gave me a fucking book, I would read it. Me too. If, Tar- you know? if Tarantino said, do do more planks, you fat fuck to me, I would like change my workout routine. Yeah. Hey, I want to put you in a movie. You got to do. I mean, even if it was like the night before, I would stay up all night reading me a too. novelization, which I'm sorry can't be more than 150 pages. There's no fucking way. It's not much longer than a script. It's a fucking novelization. So De Niro is, uh, he activates a phone. He's on the street. Sarsgaard's like, okay, he's got his phone on. And so then we cut to De Niro. He's on the street. He's got his phone on. We're getting ready for the mission. Larry is talking on his phone in the car. He's in position. The case leaves the villa. They fucking drive in a big convoy and they drive by Deir- Deirdre, who, Deirdre, Deirdre, who's like got the hood of the van that I guess everybody's in position. So Sarsgaard's in the van with all the tech shit. Deirdre's outside the van with the hood up. Larry is in a car somewhere in his position. And then Vincent and De Niro are on the street. At the intersection. Wait, Larry pulls into his hiding spot in such an intense way that it's really yes, funny. Like it. it's they seem like they have to demonstrate that he's the badass driver in just this one U-turn where he's gotta like go in the dirt road and he's like and it's just so well, sick. Earlier you- they show him practicing that maneuver too, right? In that same area. <laughs> Did you see this the uh the sauna where he wanted to do his own driving and Frank and I was like, That's fine. I don't want to see any brake lights. Yes. Yeah. That's such a great fucking reference, like a great line to say. And then that dude did, right? He did all his driving. Have you guys or ever had to he drive have the- on camera at all? Yeah. I fucking I had to terrifying. drive a fucking it's fuck it's stre- I would I wouldn't want to do it. No, it's terrifying. No. I've done it too. I've driven a a fucking old beat up Ecto one when I was in like this Citibank Ghostbusters commercial like <laughs> ten years ago. I had to dr- and like pull it into a firehouse and everything. It was disaster. So was you terrifying. listeners who want to know what it's like, imagine the pressure you feel when you're doing a parallel park in like in front of a cafe or something where there's a bunch of people that are fucking watching you. It's that times a thousand. Yeah, conservatively yeah, times a thousand. If you have to re. <laughs> 
If you have to readjust your parallel park and it costs everyone around you a hundred grand, that's what it's like. Like, if you're like, "Sorry, can I do that again?" Everyone is mad at you. Like, you're like, "You fucking idiot." Yeah, it's and like if you fuck time, up your parallel park, you're everybody's getting a parking ticket. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's the analogy. <laughs> I also did it once where fake driving in a in a trailer, like in a process trailer, they call it. You know, where they're like, your car is just like on a tow truck, but right. it seems like you're actually driving. And I did that shit, and that's that's fun. fun. That's, that's like. Fun. Yeah. That's like that makes it feel like you're in the fucking that makes it so cool. You're just like riffing, acting like you're driving, which is so much less scary than actually driving. I uh two things. I had to do it for this dumb, like funny or die thing with Katy Perry where I was a cop and I had to put her in the car as a cop, like, you know, duck her head down into the car and then time it to where I was driving away as she was delivering her line and then just kind of step on the gas to punch it. And then I would have to do a whole circle around the lot to get back around to start over again multiple times. So it'd just be like- With Katy Perry in your yeah, car, just quietly driving back to A. Yeah, just quietly <laughs> driving back to A. And the car was like this gutted cop car, which didn't, you know, like the brakes were shitty, like it didn't work. And so that was all- <laughs> Oh, because it was funnier not. Yeah, so that was all fucking stressful. And another time I was, do- I was shooting this thing uh, with Tom Lennon and uh, a couple of other guys, and he was driving uh, this big Denali through a parking lot uh, that was like had all these cars kind of narrowly parked and it was a gravelly parking lot and he pulls up to like Ty Burrell and a bunch of other people and then kind of uh, talks to them through the window of the car and is real snarky and mean and then steps on it and drives away and like whips up gravel and shit and fucking Tom Lennon was such a pro like it, he was punching it down there and it was like fishtailing and then it would he'd stop it perfect exactly on the mark do his line funny as hell improvise and then take off perfectly i was so jealous he did it like five times each time precision perfect the cool part been fucking about terrifying. doing it is that usually a really professional crew is so there's such pros that you feel completely supported at all times uh so there's yeah usually when, somebody when, there that like <laughs> There's something about the energy, and this is, and there's obviously exceptions to this rule. I'm talking about people who work a lot, and I think part of that is like at these jobs, you're inherently likable. Of like, there's and you're happy to be working. So it's like, hey man, you got this. It's like having a fucking angel on your shoulder a little bit, where it's like, hey man, now crank that wheel all the way other side. You got this. It's like yeah. these old yeah. fucking driver guys or these union guys that are like, all right, now crank it all the way the other way. Yeah. I I had that exact experience with like a 50-year-old Teamster who's like, look, the road's closed. Do whatever the fuck you want, man. It's going to be fine. Just make sure you stop before you get over there. That's it. Can you That's see this? You Can you see I'm this like, right here? All right. This right here? That's where you stop. All right? You're golden. <laughs> yeah. And when I do this, Wait. you're done. Real quick, you just this all reminded me of something. I shot a pilot a long time ago with Justin Tyler. It was a game show where we were in a van with like hidden cameras, and it, you went into a record place and put like a headset on, and we were in your ears giving you uh, mu- quizzes about music okay. rather than you listening, whatever. So, but the, the end of it, we're in this van and it has like all these screens. At the end of it, they're like, we need to shoot the intro, and we want you guys like pulling up and like skidding in front of the store like as if you guys are racing to get there on time and we're like oh cool so justin and i i'm 
he's driving, we're driving it, floor it, drive it, floor it. And they're like, and we're slamming on the brakes and they're going, it needs to look crazier. Do it crazy. So Justin's like, I'm going for it on this one. I'm like, dude, go for it. Guns it, slams on the brakes. <laughs> Fuck the 70 inch TV that's in the back. Just lands on an Apple box and absolutely shatters. Like you could see the liquid crystals like pour oh. out. It looks insane. And me and Justin, this is like, 2008 so like it's the biggest most expensive tv i've ever seen in my life and we're like oh my fucking god the guy comes over he's like the director's like that was great we're like yo we broke the tv in the back here and the guy goes oh that shouldn't be a problem that's just the writer's tv like it was like (laughs) the writer of this game show lent his tv to the fucking shoot and we fucking shattered it the dude was just like it's really not a problem it's really not a problem. Like, and he was fucking red faced. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I do love. So I'm, yeah, I'm good at driving. It's that weird thing. It's like that the feeling you get when you like want a really good doctor or something that just reassuring of like, I don't really know what's going on. I'll try my best. Yeah, great. Just yeah, sit there. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all the shits like getting ready to go. De Niro looks at uh, a bunch. He, he's, he's good at busy work in this. They're like targets on the fucking f- f- uh, scars. Guards like targets on its way. De Niro looks at a bunch of bushes and plants and shit. And he, and as he's doing that, he plants his little bomb that he alludes to before. It's like called like a diversion or something. So it's a little like snap crackle or popper that just like yeah, makes a lot of sound noise. like gunfire. Yeah. I think to sound like so it sounds like gunfire, no smoke, no gunpowder or whatever. He yeah. like has like a, uh, a he, a he talked to it. Spence it about cool. it earlier in the first act. And did we so, did we talk about him them having the sandwiches too at one point? Yeah, earlier on those fucking those sandwiches look bad, right? They, those it's just bad. two pieces. Of, but they look like, oh, I got to make sandwiches for prisoners. You're it like, reminded me go, of Copland, though. Just like the choice, like, hey, how about we're all eating sandwiches? <laughs> Is this like <laughs> something he suggests sometimes? He's one of the, the best lunch. sandwich actors we got. I think so. I think so. So he gets yeah, in the so back he pla- of Vincent's He plants car, that little firecracker. And there's a fucking grenade launcher back there all ready for him. And they have a, f- a fucking cute little back and forth about like, you know, what do you want for Christmas? My two front teeth. And he's got a fucking, he gets a rocket launcher. I didn't understand that. It's not code, right? That's just them just like That's doing just them together. shooting the shit of like, I got you something. Like, I hope it's what you wanted. Like, oh, I wanted my two front teeth. Yeah. This will fucking do. I love he just like pulls uh, the I think It's two guys who aren't comedians dick. trying to like, <laughs> to like fucking do good bits. It's fucking uncle humor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's dad energy. He's got BDE. He's got big dad energy this whole time. I love the way he looks when he pulls the stock into his fucking shoulder. It reminds me so much of Heat. I got the vibe. Like when he fucking, I'm like, hell yeah. Can't, First shot gets the fucking car. <laughs> can't so Vincent's got a little like fucking um, like signal change remote control that controls whether it's a red, yellow, or green light. And he stops the convoy at, at a red light. De Niro blows up the first car with the fucking rocket launcher. Guys get out. He fires off the diversion bomb. It makes all this gunfire noise. They turn to fucking shoot at it. De Niro, he's got a he fucking he's got a machine gun, and he's just taking guys out. They both get in the car. They follow the remaining c- convoy. 
Sarsgaard is like giving them instruction. He's like, they're on their way. They're on the right road. Everything's going according to plan. De Niro pops out of the sunroof. They're in a, in a Mercedes Benz. And this he's got wild. he's got a fucking rocket launcher. He blows up one of the cars. Sarsgaard cues Larry, who takes out... There's two cars remaining. He takes out one of them. Then he follows the, the lead car with the case. He can't derail the target. They drive down a dirt road. Then they get back into a city. They speed through like a fish market. Uh, Gregor, Sarsgaard, is giving everybody instructions. And they fucking, boom, crash into the case car right in front of a cafe. One great thing about this movie is like, you know what? We're going to kill a bunch of random fucking passerbys. No, no. Yes. Consci- it's like Grand Theft Auto shit where it's like, if you're the, it's like, we're all crooks. Everybody, there's no fucking, nobody's safe. Cars are flipping into no like conscious. playgrounds. And like later on, Gregor almost fucking snipes a fucking child. Like people are just going fucking wild. And you're right, Ben, it fucking rules. This whole chase is so fun. They end in the street shootout uh, at the cafe. And then I said to myself, I'm like, fuck yeah, the car chase in this movie is amazing. And that is not even the not car chase. Like yeah. I, rem- I, the first time I watched rewatched it this week, I'm like, right, this does hold up. This is sick. And then, the, so, this, so I'm like, this oh, is right, the other car chase. Yeah, <laughs> so far, every I mean, we've had minor conflict, right? But everything's yeah. still going our way until now. This the second car that Larry bumped off is back. All our guys are there. They, they did a great job. It's like a clown car filled with goons. The, the the car unloads. There's like fucking 50 guys in it. So they're shooting all these guys. Meanwhile, Sarsgaard's like, I'm going to get the case. And you see that he's got a fucking lookalike case. It's like, oh shit, Sarsgaard's a traitor. And he puts the, the I, real case in a bag. And they film it really well where they like just give you enough glimpses where you can kind of piece it together yourself. And I then, forgot. Or you I, could I, assume that it's part of the plan. That's what yeah. I thought too because I forgot he was a traitor because I kept thinking like, is Sean Bean double cross them somehow and then i'm like oh right, what right. was this the duplicate case thing they so they think that they didn't get the case i was so they in, get, i was like i was like roger's aunt you know i don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> so so uh gregor sarsgaard he gives the case to de niro sam who then gives it to larry and after he gives it to larry he looks down in his hand it's covered in silver paint he's like holy shit fucking grabs the case from Larry, throws it under the fucking first car. It blows up. A piece of shrapnel hits Larry, I think, and he gets fucking wounded in the knee. And they're like, fuck, Skarsgård, he's a fuck. Gregor fucked us. Yeah. What? By the way, what a badass move to hand somebody something and be like, here, this is the thing you wanted. And knowing it's going to explode in eight seconds from now. Like, what if De Niro takes it and stays there for like a second and you're Scars Guard? Are you like, uh, you should start moving, dude. <laughs> and what about De Niro knowing that it has a bomb in there? That was fucking smart. I know. It's fucking cool. And he slides it right under the car and it blows up and it helps their escape, too. And saves it. So Larry. I, the, the idea that everybody's precious about Larry, like, really fucking tickles me too i was like well we gotta help larry and even deirdre later is like you didn't have to kill larry yeah all right all the other guys oh larry yeah (laughs) he's got total mascot energy 
So yeah. chorus, well, it is. He is like the big goofball. If he's making chicken parm for you every night after you've been eating fucking dry ass sandwiches, Larry's gonna be your favorite guy in the fucking uh, loft yes. or whatever. Fucking kind of reminds me of like Jim Santangeli too, who was a driver for a while. Yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick, what's been the best thing you guys have made during the quarantine, food wise? <laughs> a bowl of cereal. You haven't got you haven't done uh, any cooking stuff? Nothing that's out of the ordinary. I mean, I've done like my usual cooking on a regular basis. Right. But it's like not good. Uh I same with me. I've I've stuck to my deal, but I made these brownies that were fu- and they're not they're not the most unhealthy thing. They were so fucking good. I'll, oh, that's all. I'll send the recipe. They're fucking great. Uh we uh we Tiffany's been cooking like crazy. Uh she made the best thing I think she made was this like roast, uh, this like pan seared duck that was just fucking unreal. And it was so fuck. And with like, she made a port wine reduction herself, like as like a sauce for the top of it. It was, yes, we have port wine and duck in the quarantine. <laughs> I understand, listeners, Jesus that my Christ. life is absolute garbage, fucking champagne bullshit. You're coming off uh, unrelatable, Gabriel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not complaining. I love it. The coolest thing I made was I put Thin Mints and vanilla ice cream in the blender together with some milk and made Thin Mint milkshakes that were fucking awesome. That's great. (laughs) I got to send you guys this brownie thing because it's not, I mean, it's maple syrup and dates, but it's so fucking good. And there's like a pound of almond butter in it. It's almost all almond butter. It's, they're awesome. Send it my way. We'll make those over here for sure. My fucking oven's broken, man. My oven's been broken Uh, for 10 months. Jesus, you all, you're all stovetop? Yeah, I've been all stovetop most of my time living here. I like tried to use the oven before for Thanksgiving this last year, and I realized it was broken. I was like, hey, can I get a new oven? Like, it's fucking busted. And the, my, my landlord gave me so much shit, and I was like, man, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I think <laughs> I'm going to move. I think I'm going to move during all this shit. It's going to be insane. It's the, it's the best time <laughs> yeah, you- to do it price-wise. I mean, you're, you can make your own deal, you know? Nah, I thought so. I, I've already gotten beat out by a fucking place. It's like, it's no really? different. It's absolutely, it's uh, almost completely unaffected. It, it's still dog-eat-dog, dog, wow. man. Wow. I found the fucking Surprising. coolest place. And it was, I was like, oh, wow, they dropped the price $100. And it was like, <laughs> oh, sorry, man, I rented that. Wow. So we cut to a chorus. This is, uh, Santa's out. This is a Christmas movie. Ronan's the Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take any arguments otherwise. All right. Let's start it up. Ronan's a Christmas movie. And I'm a holiday buff. <laughs> I wrote it. Why do the action it? boys hate Christmas? <laughs> I love the action boys, but seriously, like lighten up on the Christmas stuff okay did anyone else cry when stanger didn't know what day christmas eve was (laughs) (laughs) so de niro uh cleans larry's wounded knee uh deirdre's like i found him through your cripple he fucked me over he gave me a bunch of fucking losers and they're all like how can we find uh gregor and Vincent's like, well, maybe we can find through his phone if anybody, like, you know, 
had some connections with, you know, a certain agency that could track cell phones. And they all look at De Niro, who's like clearly got some fucking either former current CIA connections. He's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. I got a guy. I got a guy. Doesn't want to so do blew it. <laughs> By the way, can we talk about this guy in the wheelchair who Deidre recruited through? Uh, one guy who was a liar, who had no uh, experience whatsoever. Another guy who was a traitor and another guy who's an undercover CIA agent. <laughs> this guy really fucked the crew up. <laughs> well, like- <laughs> you got to think that he's in deep shit, right? This crippled yeah. guy. You got to yeah. think that he's somebody who's fully gotten fucked and is in the CIA's pocket and they're like, all right, well, you got to vouch for our guy. Totally. He is severely compromised. Yeah. 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 He's, he's he's sending them all kinds of guys. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, he's a children's party clown named John Wayne something. You're going to love him. T- he's going to be a great addition. T.J. Miller. <laughs> he was in Yogi Bear. <laughs> he's a children's party clown. This guy's a stand-up. He's he fucking survived one hell of a fucking attack. <laughs> I mean, guy's tough as nails. He walked away from fucking Tower Two. If you like uh, loosely improvised comedies and hate foreheads, you're gonna love this dude. <laughs> this is the guy for you. All right, you guys could. He fucking saved people in 9/11. And made Raffi laugh. <laughs> so, uh, this is a fun, weird spy movie scene. That Again, this is Frankenheimer just being like, fuck it, let's do a scene like this. And like Mamet just having fun writing a spy movie. Uh, it's like, let's make Gregor even more of a fucking bad dude, all right? We don't know. know we don't know he's a villain psycho. necessarily yet. We don't know anything right. about. So we have this weird Euro guy at a cafe sipping espressos, and he gets in a, in a jeep that Gregor's in there, and Gregor gives him a pat down, takes his gun, and of course, it's like thought it was going to be a friendly visit. He's like, "Well, I got to be careful," and drives the jeep to a playground, takes aim at a little girl. And he's gonna fuck. He's got a this cool looking spy gun with a crazy square scope on it and a big silencer. And I I laughed when he pulled it out because it's it's such a movie thing for the techie guy to have a techie gun as well. <laughs> like his gun is like a computer as well. He's like beep beep beep. The he's gun had supposed a pair to be KGB glasses on it's it. Very. It's it's like very like fucking craft works in gun yeah. form. <laughs> And he's about to sh- fucking shoot this girl and this guy who was drinking espresso, he fucking stops him. He pushes the gun and he fires. He shoots the it's roof not of a this bluff. little playground. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bluff. He was going to fucking shoot. And I know. That's another I truly, thing I love about I, this movie. There are fucking almost no bluffs. No, like all bluffs no. are called in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> There are no su- 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 successful bluffs, except maybe fucking De Niro's I, cover. But even that gets fucking blown. All bluffs blown. are called. All bluffs are admitted to. On my second viewing of this movie, I think that uh, Vincent knows about De Niro at this moment, like when they're looking for the trace. I feel like uh, Vincent's got an idea. that, And then when De Niro gets the trace, that Vincent is like, I think this guy's like, and that's why they have that whole weird dynamic with the Ronin dude, with the 
where they got I think Vincent knows that he's like undercover or got yeah, a bigger motive I than just take money. Vincent at his word with his buddy who painting samurai where he's like, well, if he was CIA, we wouldn't be here getting the fucking bullet taken out. Right. He would have had a doctor. Right, right. Like he wouldn't. Right. Um, but it turns out De Niro is just that big a badass where he's like, he's not willing <laughs> to blow his cover. He's fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, Johnny Depp. Uh, if looks could kill. No, wait, that's Richard Grieco. <laughs> no, undercover as um, lefty and fucking uh, Donnie Brasco. Oh, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> he could give, yeah. yeah, he could give Donnie Brasco a couple pointers. Um, <laughs> so this guy, this Euro guy who's trying to buy the case from Gregor, hands over a case of money. Gregor flips through it. It's the classic thing where it's bills on top and then pieces of paper. And he's like, oh, it's fake. And boom, the guy's got another little gun. And and he's like, how I should have stripped you. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's kind of cool. And he's like, oh fuck, where's this gonna go? And then Gregor just revs the car forward. And so he he can't he, his fucking gun pops forward and uh Gregor bl- splatters his fucking brains all over the passenger side window. I wonder Love if that shot was, from out oh sorry. Oh, if when he was buying that gag briefcase if they had a slightly more expensive thing that had the money further down, like the bills further down and the guy just <laughs> fucking cheaped out and now he's dead and he could have spent, you know, penny wise pound foolish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another few grand. And that's a believable fucking uh, thing fine. of money. And instead he's dead. Uh, I love the one- shot from outside the car where you, you see the fucking blood hit that window. Rules. Do you think one of the the uh, bales of money was full of money and he was like, I bet you he's going to pick this one up to count. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, the guy who sold him the briefcase is like, look, I've done this thousands of times. Guys always go for the top. Buddy, right let one. me tell you, they top always, <laughs> they, this one is the one, buddy. Let me tell you, buddy. Buddy, buddy, <laughs> let me tell you, nine times out of ten, they go top right. They go I've, top done, right I've seen buddy. it time and time again. It's top right. I've been it's in never the, second you, middle. <laughs> you put it there, buddy. No, 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 buddy, 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 buddy. Let me tell you, top right, buddy, day in, day out, top right, buddy, guaranteed. <laughs> no, 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 buddy. Also, uh, Gregor's justification for shooting at the kid on the playground is like, I don't even know her, and I was willing to kill her. So imagine how I feel towards you. <laughs> the guy's like, Yeah, man, I fucking get it. Like, that's crazy. Sometimes <laughs> I just like to scare people a little bit. I'll shoot a fucking kid. I don't know. <laughs> we all got our own ways, you know? We all got, there's different paths for everybody. You know, some people uh, lift weights, get fucking intimidating looking. Me, I'll shoot a kid like that. Some people, Johnny, like- if you're ever in a situation, you're ever in a situation where you're worried that the guy doesn't tr- uh, respect you, shoot a kid. All right? Hydrochloroquine. <laughs> Listen, we'll kill all their kids. We'll kill all our own kids. We're gonna all kill- I want is for April 20th, kids are back at work. I want children working before May hits. China wants to make a deal. We're not going to deal. We'll, I'd rather kill all our own kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kill all our own kids before we drop any part of the, the embargo. <laughs> what about the virus? Uh, who cares? That's a disrespectful question. You're That's fucking, disrespectful. You're an awful reporter. 
You're an awful reporter. I know what the virus is. I'm Cyrus the virus. I've flown in planes. I've been. <laughs> I've worked with Cyrus the virus. Not a bad guy. He's smart. He's super smart. He's he's gotten an upgrade in his memory. His brain can hold so much. All right, Spider's got them all jacked up. So they uh. This is where we cut back to, of, of, this is where we learn about our skating, our Russian uh, money man. He, uh, the, the Euro Love guy it. who just got his brain splattered, he gets a call on his phone after he's watching his girlfriend do her skating practice. And he's like, hey, how'd it go? And it's Gregor. And he's like, my price just went up 300%. <laughs> Great number. <laughs> Great number. What a- I love how specific the fucking skating is. Like the Russians love their skating. <laughs> and uh, I love how it's an actual figure skater. Like her butt, she just looks like a real figure skater because she is. It's so specific and over, weird. I love it. When he goes over to like kiss her. Cut to De Niro. When he goes over to kiss to her contact. and he slips on the ice. And- <laughs> Wait, <laughs> uh, my shit's unstable. Did you hear? Did you like, he kind of like slips and she's we like, are you okay? <laughs> The Russian guy goes over to her and he like almost wipes out. It feels like she's like she grabs him, and like helps him. And it's like, I don't know if that's the actor or it's just pitch perfect writing. It's so funny. Well, I got to <laughs> hold myself up on your tits. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Whoa, whoa, what the, the? Honk, honk. Whoa, honky, honk. Oh, no. We're dating. You could just fuck. I mean, you don't have to keep <laughs> pretending an accident is happening to fill me up. I as have soon problem. as you get what's in the case, <laughs> I have a problem. As soon as you get what's in the case, grab him. I can only touch my girlfriend if I pretend I'm doing a pratfall. <laughs> I have to pretend it's I'm getting kink. in a car accident or tripping or sliding on a banana peel. <laughs> it's the only thing that gets me off. I stumble and fall into pussy. You know? I can only get hard if... I slip on banana field and fall into pussy. <laughs> That's my brother. I can only get hard by fa- slipping and falling into pussy. <laughs> my brother wears silk underwear. <laughs> so what, De Niro uh, uh, asked some random guy. He's like, hey, is there a post office around here? And the guy's like, how'd you know I spoke English? He's like, you got an English uh, newspaper. It's like, all right. And then, of course, they're like, it's a CIA contact or some guy he knows. It's all very shady of like, who is this guy? And he's like, passes him a number. It slips out his newspaper. And he's like, I need your help. And that's the second time. That's the second time we've seen De Niro place something with the he did that with the firecrackers and then he does it with this it's like it's just such a slick tradecraft thing to not put your hands on it no it's, fingerprints sam Vincent sam like, struggles with the uh, print journalism kind of being on the decline right and this thing, i definitely yeah, didn't think about to- that i mean during this movie a lot of like man too. all these guys must feel like such dinosaurs and i just read i just read a john le Carre book where i was like oh man it's set in 1990 or it's set in like 1989. And I'm like, oh, wow. What a golden era for spy shit where it's like all practical shit. And now it's just all like f- fucking computers and it's boring. It's all cyber boring shit. You know what else kind of kind of related to that? 
and I, I'm sure people have talked about this, but I haven't really heard anything. Do you think that the the spread of COVID-19 is amped up by how ubiquitous cell phones are? Just because they're sure. all fucking, because we're all pissing on them and stuff and shitting on them? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> like, they're like the dirtiest thing to you, and you're always on it, touching your face, to your face, all the time. I will say, I distinctly know now, because of COVID, I'm like way more like paying attention to what I do germ wise. And I've definitely in the past put my phone face down anywhere, even maybe on a toilet paper holder in a fucking public restroom. And then in within the day, I've held the phone to my face to talk on it. I mean, if you think of a thing that can survive on a surface and now we have a surface that we immediately transmit it to and then carry on our person all the time. So it's like if you had a chance of avoiding it, it's going to get on that fucking screen and then into your face. I'm so stupid with my phone, man. Like sometimes like my grandfather will fall down and just shit all over the floor and I won't have a sponge and I'll use my phone to fucking mop it up. Like a dustpan. I'll use it I'll, like more like a sponge and I'll use it to soak up all the shit and I'll put it in a fucking, <laughs> I'll put it in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Gavers is doing it. Yeah. That's how I clean up all my grandfather's fucking shitty pants. And cause it's all I have around and then I won't fucking wash the phone off. I'll put it to my face. I'll call my grandfather who doesn't even have a fucking phone. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then I so go you're home, like, you call you're wax on, you wax off, grandfather. Waxing on, waxing <laughs> off your grandpa's dookie with your phone. Yeah. And then I'll go fucking teach kindergarten and kids are disgusting. <laughs> and I won't shower in between. I'll let the kids come up and they'll fucking kiss me like they do to their teachers. And they'll like they'll hug and kiss my face. And who knows where they've and been? Still- They're all fucking boogery and shit. And then they're kissing my grandfather's shit that's on my face from fucking putting my phone to my face. And- and you still teach at the salad bar, right? Yeah, I'm doing daycare at the salad bar. At, it's the, the Wendy's uh, Super Bar. <laughs> you load up There's a baked one. potato there. Yeah, I, hey, I, 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 go, gotta... I go to that town where the fucking sex cult was. It's and it, <laughs> they still have <laughs> they, they still have their salad bar running. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that salad bar in that town was so good not even that could fucking put it down and even though there's a quarantine like people are still hitting that shit up yeah got a special pass as an essential business you kill any of those kids you teach to let people know that you're a scary guy yeah when I was negotiating with the principal and stuff and he was like, I don't even, I'm not even in charge of salaries and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll kill one of these fucking kids. I'm crazy. It's like, talk to the superintendent. I, I... Anyway, yeah, fucking phones are dirty. Long story short. the uh, So they figure out that it's also very cool that the guy, his CIA contact, like calls him immediately at the cafe that him, Vincent, and Deirdre are at. And like, it's so cool. And then he drives by and like, it takes yeah. the dude one minute to figure it all out. Love it. <laughs> and I love the waiter going, the guy facing away from the street in the blue shirt. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Are you Sam? Gregor's <laughs> like, in a town a called Darrell. <laughs> so now we're, we got Gregor. He's overlooking a street, like right next to a Coliseum drinking espresso. 
Espresso is definitely a character in this movie. Oh, it made oh, me want yeah. one so bad when they're drinking it out of the little mugs all the time. I was like, oh, man. Hell, yeah. I I'm mean, in. don't you think uh, fucking the, the Hawk went crazy watching this movie? The Hudson <laughs> Hawk? Yes. Yes. Like it must have fucking driven him <laughs> nuts. Oh, what a tease for him. A Everybody's tease. getting it so easy. Yeah. And it's good. So Gregor's got a telephoto lens and he's looking at a couple of like a bald guy. Like all the Russians like are bald. It's bald Russian guy. He's pretty big. And then he's got like a number two in a track suit. And then he finds some weird looking dude at this cafe who he's like, uh, hey, give the slip of paper to the bald guy. He goes, runs it out there. And uh, De Niro, meanwhile, is like, you know, the cell phone's pinging. All right, he's at the fucking arena. And meanwhile, they uh, they all meet at the arena. So that's like, the note tells these Russian guys, meet me at the Coliseum. That's where we're going to do this deal. Vincent, meanwhile, as they're kind of scoping around, recognizes the Russian guys. He's like, I know that guy. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Price, meanwhile, calls Deirdre and the uh, the bald guy is on, like meets up with Gregor to get the deal done, to buy the case. And Gregor's right. on like a high level and the bald guy's on a low, lower level. And uh, outside the Coliseum, Price walks up to Larry is like, hey, I need some directions. Larry tries blowing him off. We quickly cut away. Uh, De Niro puts a gun to the back of Gregor's head, sneaks up behind him. You're great in the locker room, pal, and your reflexes might die hard, but you're weak when you put your spikes on. Ah, I fucking love that. 100%. That's 100% mammoth. Yeah. Gotta be. So, meanwhile... That line fucking rules. That's like such a fucking... Like and it's a dad line too. It's like a like I something specifically my dad used to say about big like muscular guys would be like four hundred pounds of dynamite, no fuse, you know, or like <laughs> tiny little fuse. And it'd be like just this random fucking thing where you're like, I can cut down anyone, I even do, a that, guy who's that's in a, visibly better shape and yeah. shit than me. <laughs> there, I, that's a classic thing against like bodybuilders and stuff. All that upper body strength, they go down hard. You know, fucking, yeah, right, like, like they can't move. Can't they can't move laterally. <laughs> laterally, yeah. My dad was always watching for people's legs and stuff. And like, I'd see somebody like at the fair, like, oh shit, that guy's jacked. And my dad's like, no legs. And I'd look down and sure enough, the guy was like, stick legs. <laughs> no legs. Worthless. That's where the power is. Hips. Hips, yeah. You want to bet on fighters? Look at their asses. Who's got the fucking chunkier ass you just want to bury your face in? That guy's going to win the fight. What, what, Dad? Whoever's got the most edible ass, that's the guy who's going to win. What? Dad? Who's ever got... <laughs> Whatever ass you want to fuck, they're going to win that fight. What? That's who you bet on. You got to look. You want to plug that ass up with your tongue, you know who's going to win. Whoever's salad you want to toss, that's going <laughs> to... He's going to get that KO. If you see a guy and he's got an ass that you say to yourself, I can wake up and lick that thing every morning, then that guy's winning in the second round. All right. I only bet on power bottoms. I was in fucking Tokyo. I wanted Buster Douglas to sit on my face. I knew he'd beat Tyson. I fucking knew it. 
Leon, I rimmed Leon Spinks in 95. <laughs> the guy's got it. Uh, Dad, we're just going around the table saying what we'd be thankful for this year. <laughs> uh, you got a little gravy on your face. <laughs> it ain't gravy, son. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Macho Camacho is so, in the back. <laughs> I fucking blew cocaine so in a straw into Macho Camacho's a- ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Gregor takes advantage of the Taurus being around, and he kind of shoves De Niro off, runs away. It starts a whole fucking shoot sh- shit show. The Russians f- get away from fucking uh, Deirdre and Vincent. They start firing their gun. De Niro kills one guy because he's got the higher ground. The uh, bald guy keeps running and uh, Gregor shoots at like a fucking like a bunch like one of the lackeys, I think. Uh, And he gets away until he gets to Lenny's car where uh, Price, Seamus, kicks open a door and gets him. Uh, Meanwhile, real quick, one of the the bad guys that gets Lenny, unfortunately. Uh, well, let's finish this that... action sequence because we're just about there. The uh. the bad guy uh, has Vincent, who Vincent recognizes, and he's like, hey, uh, sorry, I have to do this. And then, boom, De Niro pops out, shoots at him, causes the bald guy to turn quickly and shoot at a wall, and the ricochet gets fucking De Niro right like around the liver, it looks like, right in the side. I love that. What were you going to say, Gabriel? The fucking spill that Gregor and De Niro take in that fucking action sequence when he's chasing him and they just go over the fucking like ledge. That looks so fucking awesome. Were you in the sauna? Cor- for, were you in the sauna for that? Yeah, I saw that the guy in the sauna was telling me that that wasn't supposed to happen, yeah. but it looked so because f- that it looked dangerous. It did. Supposedly it's real, and Frankenheimer kept it in the movie. The guy got hurt. I, yeah, it looks great. I love that part. Yeah. yeah, it definitely it gets you. It gets your heart up into your throat a little bit. Like you're like. <gasps> Ooh. So Deirdre gets in, they dump out fucking Larry's dead body and uh Vince and Vin- as just as Vincent and with a, and a wounded De Niro get there and they're like fuck, we just got fucked again and Vincent hijacks some dude's car. Later De Niro's like I'm going to have to take care of this. I need a doctor or a veterinarian's office. I just need to steal the stuff. I'll go in there, boost what, I, boost what I need, and I'll take care of it myself. Yeah, love so that he says boost. Badass. That jumped out at me, yeah. boost. Yeah. Also, Larry's slit throat looks fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Larry. I called him they, Lenny This movie earlier. is so vague with who's good. The, the movie is so vague with like who's a good guy and who's a bad guy that like when they want you to know someone's a bad guy, they're like, well, Jonathan Price slits a dude's throat in public. Fucking yeah. Gregor shoots at a child on a playground. It's like, you have to know these guys are bad. <laughs> so, uh, Vincent's like, I can do better than that. They go to Michael Lonsdale's castle. Uh, this guy's got a great look. He rivals, um, Chuck Norris as like a Dr. Zayas lookalike. Uh, I think his prop his his most notable role uh, is probably the bad guy in Moonraker, which I think is a fucking really fun, great Bond movie. It's on a lot of people's list of like the worst Bond movies, but I think it it it's 
knowingly drifting into like self parody in a in a fun way. It's like fuck it, yeah. yeah let's it knows put what Bond it is. in space. Who cares? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I want to show that one to Stone. I think he'd dig that. It's like the Gremlins two of James Bond movies. I was kind of saying to Tiff, it would be fun to watch all the Bond movies because uh, I haven't seen like I've have so many gaps, and I'm not even that. I've watched like chunks of a lot of them on TNT, but never like I, fucking. Honestly, I don't know some all. of the early Connery ones are a slog, man. I uh, am overexposed, so like yeah. I have so little fucking interest. Even doing them for this podcast, I don't have a lot of interest in. Just because I was so into them, and there are a lot of ones I actually the the more recent ones I haven't seen. I think there's one of the Daniel Craig ones I don't think I've seen. I don't think I saw one of the Pierce Bronson ones. Um, like even in the sauna, they're like this features two bad guys. I was like, oh, Jonathan Price was a fucking bad guy, and one of like I don't even remember that one. But all the Roger Moore, all the Connery ones, uh, the Timothy Dalton, the fucking the one George Lazenby ones. Uh, and Goldeneye, of course, like I've seen those all like every holiday they were on TBS or TNT and I would just watch them and rewatch them. And I was like really into all the fucking shit. But now is it if there are gaps, I think they're all pretty fun and there is enough connective tissue where it makes it fun to like watch them all. I think I might do it. Yeah, you have to bet some of those are like uh there's all there's always there's always some takeaway that's worth seeing in it. But I remember kind of going through the real early Connery ones and there'd be like a thirty eight minute train ride where like really nothing happens and you're just like, Jesus, I, <laughs> I don't. it's like they're really but you know, I I guess it when the action pop it makes the action pop a little bit. And Connery so, looks so good. Lonsdale's painting little samurai and He's got dogs and he lives in this fucking dope place and that they set up a fucking kind of makeshift operating table with a mirror so De Niro can give them instructions on how to fucking get the bullet out of his chest. They cut open his shirt. He's wearing a vest, which I thought was a cool touch. Fuck um, yeah. And he's uh, like, you know, just make sure you get the bullet before you pull at it. And he tells well, Vincent- he talks about how the bullet was it was a tef sprayed with Teflon to go yep, through after they, they get were, it out. Yeah, like Oh, that's like, that's Oh, you're right, you're right. My bad. Yeah. So they uh they make a small cut. All this scene is fuck. De Niro is still acting, you know. He's still he's not going through the motions in this movie. No, he's, he's so fucking it. good in this scene. It, this scene you feel the pain like it it's physically you can feel the discomfort. It is it comes it crackles off the screen. It's so great. It's one of the coolest. I'm surprised this scene isn't referenced more as like a, as something of special kind of takeaway from the movie. It's fucking the, awesome. And if you've ever had any kind of surgery, you know how much it fucks you up, even if it's minor, and how you're like, how hard it is to move around. And he sells it. He's he yeah. like, even when they move him onto the table and they're cutting off the shirt and they've set up how tough this guy is and it makes you realize like it makes you think he's even tougher and how much it must fucking hurt and using the clamps it's like all right open it open me up with these clamps now go in there pull the whole thing out with those clamps and he misses once and then he's got to do it again 
and then he pulls it out. And he sets out. him up. He's like, do not miss. Yeah. If you grab this thing, you have to pull it out in the first try. And when he yeah, fucks man. it up, they're all, he's like, oh. Rogers <laughs> like, mentioned that, and I fucking stumbled over it. But yeah, that that's his one kind of request is like, just don't miss the bullet on the first try. <laughs> yeah. And they all wince when he misses it. It's great. You know it's going to happen. It fucking happens. And then you yeah. feel the visceral pain of it. And then he's looking at it, and he's like, still got the wherewithal to be like, fuck or spread this bullet with Teflon. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm uh, I'm gonna pass out. He's like, you can stitch best me line. up. You can do the stitching, right? You fucking goon. Yeah. Best line in the movie is, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna pass out, and just kind of closes his eyes. That fucking rule. I love some badass shit. I love anything done into a mirror in a movie. It's a it's a neat kind of old cinematic thing that they steer clear of a lot of the times because it's hard to pull off, and it looks fucking right. great. And yeah, I uh, this this uh, this was a real pull scene for me. This one was I thought really well executed, well acted, well directed, interesting, great. So meanwhile, at an Irish safe house, uh, Seamus starts beating the shit out of Gregor in a bathroom to try to get the the fucking info where the 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 briefcase is. Comes out, gives Deirdre shit. And uh, it kind of becomes this weird Irish theater scene for a second. And um, she's kind of giving him shit back. Meanwhile, we get this fun scene. This is like, it's it's a, a great, we had this big action set and now we're taking a breather. We're ratcheting it up to the next huge outburst of action. So we have this fun kind of back and forth with uh, Price and Deirdre and now Lonsdale is asking Sam about like, you know, where the fuck did you come from? And it's a great kind of um, Euro metaphoric conversation where De Niro is very De Niro. Of yeah. Like, uh, Sapuku, I got tits. Can you milk me, fucker? You know, he's like pretty much... <laughs> And, and do you think this dude knows he's CIA and he knows he's like French uh, well, spy and they're like, L- I'm not going to hurt you. You L- don't hurt me. Lonsdale asks uh, Vincent, is like, what do you know about this guy? And uh, he's like, well, you know, he, he's probably not CIA, maybe trained by it. But then he asks Lonsdale to help him find this Irish couple and the KGB guy, Gregor. And I like how like... It's at this point where they start throwing out names like KGB and like where everybody's background is. And um, meanwhile, the post office, uh, they go to get the case and it's, it hasn't come yet. And so they have to pull a beat up Gregor out of the He's like, it'll come tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, funny, like just semantical moment in the movie. Well, too. we get this go, jumping back to that. You get the kind of uh, like the the similar like the comparison between who these guys are the good guys and the ronin to where they each of them have no master at this point right that's yeah. kind of it and My so hubby. they're unified in their their honor and their code a little bit so it's like hey whatever you are none of us have any allegiance to anything now except each other and i'll help you out at the end of the day we are likely to be punished for our kindnesses the 47 ronin all 47 of them committed sippy coup. You're a man Sippy, without a master. What? Right now, I'm a man without a paycheck. You know what I mean? <laughs> sippy coup. 
He always, he, it's a total dad response. Oh, yeah, I don't do any of this seppuku stuff like you're talking about, all right? Uh, he's like, they went in there and killed everyone. That I like. Then they killed themselves. That I don't like. It's like, all right. <laughs> seppuku, kokomo, sudoku, uh, bukaki. I don't know. Hey, buff, buffalo, eh? Come on. Bo-boo-boo, bobo. Doki doki doko. Hey, all I know is uh, the Bills could use 47 Ronin in next season. You know what I mean? If they want to get through first round of playoffs. Oi. Oi. When are they going to get one? As one grows 47 old, Ronins. That's a lot. You find a hobby. <laughs> That's a lot of Me Too articles. Whoops. Sorry. We all said something at the same time. <laughs> Mine wasn't good. So they mine drive to uh, <laughs> like an old like tailor supply shop. Yeah, mine also wasn't good. We all three of us said bad <laughs> shit at the same time. It's like the fucking <laughs> mission statement of this podcast. Well, the best part is we couldn't hear each other, but the listeners will be able to hear all three. <laughs> I also I feel like I'm unnecessarily screaming too. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. so yeah. be... you're going I mean, off could... the. The sound quality in your ears, which is different than yeah. what you're putting into the mic. Yep. yep. Yeah. And th- that's 100% also could be the name of this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm just screaming. <laughs> so Vincent's like, how did you, in the tunnel, how did you know it was an ambush? Whenever there's any doubt, there is no doubt. It's the first thing they teach you. Who taught you? I don't know. It's the second thing they teach you. <laughs> and he sees, so they see Gregor and uh, Seamus and Deirdre going to the post office. They're like, he's getting the package. And uh, Deirdre is in the car as Seamus and Gregor are coming out of the post office. And De Niro puts a gun to her head. And Vincent pops out and grabs Gregor and Seamus. And he's like, don't don't do anything. She's like, you can't do it. And she fucking drives off. And he blows uh, it. This Yeah, this is the he, first kind of weakness he shows the whole movie. I know. He's so smart. If he would have just pulled her keys out, the whole thing, they would have just been fine. Like, like he's right there, his hand is on top of everything, and she just gets the best. Well, and, now, and speaking about, to you so- guys earlier, that's why their romance is important, you know, because it, yeah, it does right, right. Yeah. He's uh, it's his weakness. Yeah. It's like he's soft for her. Yeah. It's my Clearly weakness, we see it again man. Girls are my fucking fucking's my weakness. <laughs> I know. I love I love a dude who's like, look, I'm yeah. tough as nails. But when it comes to chicks, I just love them. Yeah. That makes yeah. you so right. different than the, the rest you of fuck, us. You basic cis hetero guys. Yeah. You trying to like <laughs> bond with me with that kind of bullshit. You know what I love? Fucking pussy. Am I right? <laughs> One of my favorite it's, things. I'm like. It doesn't happen anymore in your 30s, but it happens way too much in your 20s where no, people are like, dude, brawl. It happens too much in your 30s where it's like, yo, dude, how the fuck old are you? Like, what do you say? Yeah. Yo, yeah. man, t- what's fucking her like? You mean my wife? You- <laughs> yeah. Sam. I've been with her for you 10 years. You should probably it's- fuck Deirdre again, Sam. I heard she <laughs> wants it real bad, Sam. Oh, wow. You guys are married? Holy shit. You must fuck all the time. That must rule. Yo, what are you talking? Who is the guy from uh, Conan the Destroyer? Sam. uh, Conan. 
Malik. Yeah. Malik. Malik. Yeah. Conan Jim really wants to fuck I think you, she Sam. really wants oh. to fuck you. <laughs> you probably should fuck Sam. her again, Conan. Sam, have you thought about <laughs> fucking Deirdre at all? I mean, you're coming off like a real badass on this mission. <laughs> Sam, honestly, your clout points are through the roof. You should probably put those into play and fuck Deidre. You guys can tell me Just whatever you need for the mission. Horses, jewels. <laughs> That's about milk. it. milk. <laughs> you should fuck Deidre in the car. Give her some Spanish fly, but don't leave her alone. That's how women die. All right? This is a true story, Sam. I gave a girl too much. It was too strong a Spanish fly, and I came back out, and she was dead on, on her saddle. She fucked her saddle. This is I a crazy ride... team. <laughs> Sam. I'm just being honest. If we're going to get this briefcase, you should probably suck Deidre's tits. Deidre's tits. You got to suck her titties, Sam. Women love when you suck their titties. <laughs> Sam. Not, did you guys Sam, all get hired two from clips. the cripple? Who who headhunted you guys? The cripple or the woman with the skin over her eyes? <laughs> Look, Deidre, it's the best I could do. I have a, a KGB traitor, an undercover CIA agent, a liar, a master of Malik. <laughs> now I have my Audi. Oh, I can barely park one of these things, no less drive one. <laughs> I'm in checkpoint. Hey, Dar, hey, Dar <laughs> can you get one of your ferrets to crawl up Deirdre's butts? I think we need to do that for the mission. Dar, Dar fucked us. <laughs> my, and now my we price is up 300%. <laughs> we need more guys. If we're going to do this, if it's going to be amateur hour, I'm going to need Dar. <laughs> we need at least one more guy with two ferrets. <laughs> Two ferrets and a tiger. We need one more guy, preferably we one who can speak to animals. Three more guys or one guy with a bunch of beasts. <laughs> Dar fucked us. Dar fucked us. <laughs> he took his goddamn ferrets and fucking hawk and he left. He fucked us. Dar fucked us. If you dar, where do you go? Where do you, you go? Where you know? Hey, can you not smoke in here? Why, night vision? Nah, the ferrets hate it. <laughs> They're all like worked up in the car. The car chase with like ferrets sliding around the dashboard the whole time. The smoke's making the ferrets freak out. <laughs> Deirdre's not going to want to suck anybody's dick if the ferrets are acting all crazy. There's no way. <laughs> I can get us into anywhere. I can open the briefcase with the cosmic key. <laughs> can you put Gildar. the cigarette out? It's getting in my gill slits, Larry. 
Nice try, Sam, but you can't coffee trap me. <laughs> Gwildor. <laughs> Gwildor, draw the map again. What color was the castle at Eternia? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we won't be needing your services anymore. Why don't you forget about us, Gwildor? Because we won't forget about you. Oh, my God. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's just let's just buy the guns. Let's just buy the fucking guns and get out of here. <laughs> fucking Sam humiliated me. I showed my ass. <laughs> I showed my ass. We don't need any more guys. We need less guys. <laughs> If we want to do Put this your job, down, we only okay, need one guy guys. me. Uh, so, uh, so what do you need from... Uh, uh, let Vincent know what you need. I just need some powdered deer penis and a gun. <laughs> just automatic down, or semi-automatic. Go down to Chinatown and get me these needles. Why don't you just buy my briefcase? It's better. <laughs> I'll you do don't know what's in too. it. I'll be the computer. I'll be the computer guy too. No, come on, Steve. I'll be the funny guy. Mason Storm's hilarious. I'll be the funny guy. I'll be the Italian guy, and I'll be the Jamaican guy. Big ups. Big ups. You ever shoot anybody, Sam? You ever kill anyone, man? So oh, uh, shit. they get the they get the briefcase finally, right? Shows up at the so post So they get the office. briefcase finally. Fucking Deirdre pulls up, gets Seamus and Gregor in the car. This is where we get our big meaty car chase. Now, I, I think everybody's t- like, you know, you talk about movie car chases. Everybody talks about the same shit. Uh, you talk about bullet, French connection, French yes. connection. You talk about bullet. Uh and, and yes, those are fucking unbelievable car chases. I think it took a really long time for Ronan to get in the fucking conversation. I don't know why. I think it's a fucking great. They don't do. It's not like. All right. Well, it's train versus car or like it's like horse versus mm. motorcycle. It's um, it's just cars. But I love the way Frankenheimer shot it right off the get go. You feel the speed of everything. And people are getting barreled over and fucking car. It's fucking crazy. Huge pileups are going all over the the, the place. They get into a tunnel. And the car, she ran. She the cars aren't cop. flashy. Yeah, it's just normal what, fucking cars. What what kind of car is De Niro and Vincent driving? Like a Peugeot or something? A Citroen. A Citroen. Okay. Which is another one of those like European. I think I, I'm sorry. I'm correcting you. Like I think it's a Citroen or a Citroen, however you say it. One of those like weird European brands, yeah. like a Peugeot or whatever. She fucking straight but up. That's what I like about biker. it. It's like and she's doing a really yeah. funny thing where she keeps flashing her her high beams on and off to be like, get out of the way. It's like good fucking luck. Shane is really funny. Taking fucking the, shots. the chase has a layer. So, sorry, the chase has a layer to it that. There are other people in the cars mm-hmm. like that. It's loaded. Like every time they cut to the imagine you're just in the car, like while your friend is driving like this. Are you like, look out? Like, are you trying not to be a backseat driver? But they cut to price at one point. And he's like, ah, 
<laughs> what an extra layer of stress to have two people they're going in the, the wrong car way on a road everybody it's like fucking trucks are keeling over vincent finally takes out the tire of deirdre's car she goes over a fucking unfinished bridge and Gregor gets out, of course, somehow Gregor fucking has a shamrock up his ass, gets out with the package, runs off. Some construction workers pull out Seamus and Deirdre and they're fucking safe. And they're kind of back to the, like the fucking shitty situation they were at before. Sam and Vincent are at a cafe and it's like uh, you're trying to piece together like, all right. Where would you go? Would he go back to KGB? No, all those safe houses are blown. Then De Niro sees a bunch of kids with similar cases. And he's like, well, he got the case made. How the fuck did he do that? How did he know what the case was going to look like? And Vincent runs out and asks these kids where they got the case. It's like, they're ice skating cases. And he's like, we're following the wrong people. We got to follow the fucking Russians. They'll lead us like back to the fucking case. So this is a funny scene. They go to a garage and they like some of Vincent's contact is like talking to like an old Russian auto mechanic or some guy who like has some shady connection to the Russians. And they're trying to ask like where the Russians will be. And as they're asking that this contact guy's like sees an ad for the ice skating show and is like, uh, if you want to find the Russians, go to this ice skating show. It really seemed like dumb luck where this guy's like, fuck, what am I going to tell these guys? And he's like, um, this thing. Yeah. There's a lot of Cut deus ex machina at the end of the movie. That they see the ice, they see the ice skating, they see the ice skating boxes. These guys, uh, they happen to see the poster while they're interviewed. Like, it, but it doesn't even matter because it do- the box doesn't matter at all. We're just stumbling through. And then it's really funny that the ice skating box was used by a guy who's been hanging out in an ice skating rink for the last couple of days. It's like an extra layer to it. So, uh, there's, it's a big, like everybody's going to this, this show, the Russian gets out. He's got a skate figure skating girlfriend. Uh, Vincent and, uh, Sam are both there. They bum a cigarette from the security guard and are asking questions and he finds out that the Russian sits front row and watches his girlfriend skate every show. He's like, how the fuck should you f- get that out of that guy? He's like, we went to high school together. Hits him with his own line. Guys get in their seats. Girl uh, goes out. The Russian is kind of nervous. And he sits in his front row seat, starts fucking watching the show. We pan up into the fucking rafters. There's a fucking sniper in there. He's tracking the girl skating around. Uh, De Niro clocks a security guy coming down to talk to the Russian, giving him a note. The Russian tries blowing him off. The guy really forcefully is giving him the note. Like, you got to read this. Finally, he looks at the note. They get up in a hurry, go into a TV studio where they're, they're, uh, Gregor is just hanging out in there. And De Niro, meanwhile, knocks out the guard and the Russian has the money for Gregor. Gregor explains that you got to give me the money now. Gregor smartly, the, he was supposed to meet the, the Russians tomorrow, but he knows he's a fucking dead man and everybody right. would just kill him and take the case. So to outsmart him, he set up this whole system where, all right, I have a sniper and he's got your girlfriend in his, her sights. 
I think it, he says it's a female sniper. That's what I was going to cool. say. I think it's a female sniper, which is an interesting yeah. wrinkle. And I think it yeah. shows her long hair in the back. Yeah, so he takes the advantage by being there a fucking day early, hiding the money and kind of taking it to their turf. And if I don't get a call from her in 40 seconds, she's going to shoot your girlfriend. And and so then he starts counting down. He's like, 10, 30 seconds. And the Russians just shoot. And his name's Mickey, the Russian. And Mickey gets his gun out. And then he fucking shoots him in the head. Yeah, shoots like, him between shit. the eyes. And then the fucking skater immediately gets shot. Yeah. They run That's out. Of time. Everybody's fucking, fucking bluffs get called. De Niro and uh, fucking Vincent are fucked. And they fucking are like, and the security guards telling the cops, like, yeah, it's two guys. So they smartly go out, out onto the ice. So they go towards the problem and they're able to mix in with the crowd who all, it turns into chaos. Everybody's fucking rushing out of there. Total madness. And uh, a, ki- a little kid is being confronted by a security guard who's like lost her parents. And then in a fucking, which you think is kind of just, uh, they're coloring the scene a little bit of the chaos. Wow, even this girl's crying. And then the security guard turns around, it's Jonathan Price. And he fucking yeah. shoots Gregor. And he gets Seamus in full security guard face. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of case exchanging hands now. Or he he doesn't shoot Gregor. He shoots the Russian who has a fucking case. So it's like, who the fuck are we even following at this point? Um, Now, so the Russian's dead. Gregor's dead. Seamus has the case. And uh, De Niro finds Deidre... In her car, he's like, walk away. Get out of here. And she's like, come with me. Who cares about the case? He's like, I'm not after the case. I'm after your boss. Don't you get it? I'm not out. I'm still in. I'm, this is, I'm fucking a CIA agent. <laughs> you blew it, you deaf fuck. I'm a CIA agent. I do love because he's <laughs> off balance for a little bit, and then it's the ultimate reveal that he's been gaming everybody the whole fucking time, which is cool because you're like, oh, our boy's been fucking running the show the whole time, which is kind of, which is pretty cool. <laughs> you think you're better than me? You're not better than me. You dumb fuck. When did you get me? That's the best part of the score when he fucking, at the end of that movie, the score with uh, Norton. You think you're better than me? Look at the, look at the little fucking art you stole. Did you guys see the, uh, the clip of, uh, um, Christopher Reeve that's been going around on Letterman in the seven in like you know the late seventies right after he did Superman where that he asked him about working with Brando he's like I don't worship the at the altar of Marlon Brando he he really phones it in and and he's so honest he's like I'm just starting out and we could we could and he's super artistic he Juilliardy it's like we could really use a voice and someone to look up to, but he's just in it for the money and he doesn't do it. He's just very lazy. Oh my God. And Letterman has a pretty, he's like, well, Chris, we've got him right here. (laughs) 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 And, uh, so Brando was reincarnated as a horse. (laughs) Not a lot of people know that. (laughs) Oh man. That's fucking that's quick, dude. That's lightning quick. <laughs> this horse just won't Ooh. stop eating oats. <laughs> fucking this horse, horse is wearing is a muumuu and insists on having a little tiny horse stop. that looks just like it. 
This have you guys ever heard the horse, tape of De Niro? This horse like, loves Tahitian women. This horse's son fucking killed himself <laughs> for fucking OD. You <laughs> <He> fucking. <laughs> have you guys ever heard the tapes of De Niro like trying to like hypnotize himself into eating less? It's like the fucking saddest shit I've ever. Where, where it's like you, nobody should. Whoever found this, you should have thrown it away. Where it's just recording. It's De Niro or Brando or Brando rather. Sorry. It's yeah, Brando. Yeah. Like they found all those tapes and they made a record, like a documentary out of them. And one of yeah, them, tell just me like, Marlin or something. Yeah, tell me Marlin. It's like, you'll stop eating pie. You don't want the ice cream. Stop oh, eating. Man. You don't want it. It's fucking brutal. It's too personal. Maybe I should listen to that. <laughs> the uh, I, interestingly, I've heard I've heard Donner tell a few stories about the like the whole Superman the movie and casting him, and he's he's got obviously much more reverence for him than Christopher Reeve does, and it's cool the way he was able to figure out a way to work with him and how much he he liked it and liked the challenge of it and what they were able to get out of him because I I fucking love the way Brando is in that in that first movie. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, if good directors can still get interesting stuff out of them, but you got to be yeah. a real fucking. I mean, I mean, look at Frankenheimer. He couldn't fucking control. No, no. He destroyed yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> so Seamus shoots Vincent, who falls back. Then he shoots his way back into the into the arena where the skate show took place. Uh, De Niro gets shot in the shoulder. He's really fucking these guys up. You stupid shite. Now you're a dead man. And then boom, oh, Vincent comes out of nowhere, fucking takes him out, kind of gets him back, and then he passes out. And then we cut to the radio doing some cleanup work of like, an Irish peace agreement was uh, uh, was reached, and it's all thanks to the death of this leader of the IRA. It's such a specific tag, and it's so funny because from the second... Uh, the third uh, from the third act of the movie, everything just falls into place so perfectly. It's so yeah, fucking it's like great. De Niro I, solved the divide between the Protestants and like Northern Ireland yes, this time. Yeah. It turns out, it turns out, Sam stopped the conflict. Yeah, yeah. Like, he stopped the troubles. Stopped the troubles. <laughs> Single handedly stopped the troubles. So we go back to a cafe. Sam and Vincent are drinking fucking espressos, probably, and he's like, "She's not coming back." And, and it, De Niro's in a slang, and it's more dad shit where it's like, can't even, you know, reach in my pocket to pay the bill. And he's like, I'll buy it. And he's like, I'll get the next one. And they both know they're never going to fucking see each other again. What was in the case? I don't remember. De Niro <laughs> drives off. Vincent, then we get this weird monologue. Yeah, I was like, like what is it? Where, what movie no is questions, this now? No answers. Uh, you accept it, then you move on. Maybe that's lesson number three. It's like, oh yeah, I guess there was some fucking one and two. The ending's a little bit clunky, and you read on the sauna that they were thrown out. But I, it fits in to me of like, yeah, I want it to be as weird as fucking possible. Me uh, too. Right. You end the movie going, I guess it was Vincent's movie. <laughs> like, I get, like, you know, like, yeah, you think it's like, a fun ending yeah. where you're like, have, oh yeah, Vin. Vincent saved the day. Yeah. He saved De Niro, and he and we follow him off. It's almost and it's so like fucking the- tricky. You're like, has he been doing voiceover the whole time? And I just forgot. <laughs> right, right, right. 
You're like, oh, he is the good guy. And you're like, why do I believe that? Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't bet even you know. didn't realize this is all my dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matilda, what? good morning. Isn't that fake you? Uh, all right, this is a classic action movie, and we adhere to a classic rating system on this classic podcast, even though it's it's on a fucking goddamn computer screen for us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to adhere to a classic rating system. So, Gabrus, on a scale of zero to five stars, where do you have the 1998 actioner classic Ronin? Five stars. Five stars. Uh, five stars. Oh, it's a bit of a fucking good score. It's a bit of a fucking good score. Uh, Rogers, lad, uh, you're just a little lad having a bit of fun. I'll put it to you next on a scale of zero to five stars. Zero to five stars, uh, Ronan, uh, kind of a love letter to Euro cafes. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I'm giving it five stars. Five stars. I'm the next lad up. I'm just a little, little wee lad having a bit of fun. Uh, I can't believe no one's ever connected back our to star end. system and the fact that we all work for stars. I mean, should I not bring that oh, up? Yes. We'll, we'll have Rob delete that. Yeah, yes. Rob, get rid of that. Edit that out. Edit yes. that out. Uh, we all write for the stars original series, Outlander. <laughs> it, I only do the ass-eating stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm here exclusively for when the main guy from Outlander eats the asshole of Macho Camacho. <laughs> I'll lift your kilt up. And stick me tongue in your ears, your arse. Uh, I'm going to give this thing f- uh, five stars. Five stars for Ronan. Okay, five stars, five stars. Uh, I can't even do the math, especially with the fucking social distancing stuff. So, um, yeah, so right. someone out there do it for us. Who should we recommend this podcast to? Oh, good question. Let me <laughs> Great think. question. Do you know somebody That's who got a-, a newspaper and it's just full of notes about fucking phone numbers and addresses? <laughs> you can't make fucking heads or tails out of it. Uh, recommend this movie to him. Do you know someone who works at a car dealership and guy a guy keeps coming in and seeing if like just test driving, but also insists on popping out of the sunroof with a bazooka just to see if it'll work? Do you know anybody who was at a uh, uh, a hotel in Nice? And they had this crazy nice. experience with this wildly ap- appreciative bellhop. And they don't know why this guy was just so happy to bring their luggage up to their room. And, you know, just incredible service. They didn't tip for it. They don't know how it happened. But uh, this guy was being so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so nice of him. <laughs> uh, do you know somebody who's a security guard and is, is, keeps going by the same couple because he's pretty sure they fuck every time he gets close to them? I recommend this movie to him. Do you know anybody who uh, who works a Zamboni and uh, had a wild night having to clean up the uh, blood and guts of a fucking brain blown out skater on the on the ice? Usually the guy's dealing with you know hot dogs and fucking wrappers and shit, but this was a skater skull that he this had was to pick skater up embryo. <laughs> I said, "See you later, skull." I was a skater skull. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious joke to make <laughs> do you uh 
do you know any uh, heavy set guys who are good at driving and have a hell of a chicken parm recipe that aren't me so I can hire them to be my driver? Boy, that fucking parm recipe died with Larry when he got his throat slit. What a bummer. Yeah. That was, I I'm mean, they should have that in quarantine movie. times. Because it made it even more fucking dramatic and sad when he was like, Hey, Vincent, let me share with you this old family recipe. I've never shared it with anybody. I'll do it after we get the case. Well, there, there's a cut where when they come up to him with his throat slit, they lean down and Larry's saying something. They're like, what are you saying, Larry? And he says, season the breadcrumbs. <laughs> They're like, what? And then he dies. Oh, shit. What a fucking tease. Larry fucked us. He fucking died before he gave us the goddamn palm rip. We got fucked by Larry. Uh, do you do you know anyone who went on a field trip to go visit a coliseum in France and uh, has some fucking crazy stories about what happened while they were there? <laughs> Their teacher was shot in the chest, and <laughs> you watch two old dudes wrestle. <laughs> do you know anybody who spent a lifetime working their ass off just to get enough time and money to paint little samurai figurines for the rest of their life? <laughs> Uh, do you know anyone who was fired from a British contracting company for painting the boathouse at the SAS thing <laughs> hot pink? <laughs> and it's crazy that no one can remember what color the boathouse is. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Hot pink. <laughs> do I you heard- know anyone who who runs an elite group of soldiers of fortune, but also has to run to the grocery store to pick up white bread and bologna to make <laughs> sandwiches for them? <laughs> we got to eat. We got to get you anything, uh, <laughs> but only cold cuts as far as food goes. You can't get us. Hey guys, do you want to play on this bread? playground? I need to move around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. As long as up. the monkey bars are wiped down, I could do some pull ups. That'll be great. I want to yeah. go in this little like a uh, like structure thing up here. I'm going to climb up here and play in this thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to stand fun. on the roof of this. This little structure. <laughs> yeah. Stand on the little <laughs> roof there. That structure, Roger. Here's the thing. That was a HeadGum Podcast.